Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we are coming at you from my garage, and we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, New Japan had a big week, lots of matches, lots of noteworthy matches, plus a heavyweight match. Uh, Bobby Lashley is your new WWE Universal title holder. We have an AEW pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, the Wednesday Night Wars, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. the genetic jackhammer, because that's right, folks. My wife and I are expecting. Nice. <laughs> I've been waiting to use that one. Right. <laughs> uh, and we have to my. Uh, oh, my wife's out in the backyard. Now she's looking at me really funny because I called myself the genetic jackhammer. It's a Vince McMahon thing. Yeah. I was about to say, don't, don't get too upset. <laughs> say, we can look it up on YouTube. Trust afterwards. me, if I was a genetic jackhammer, it would have happened before age 41. Right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and out there in Edwardsville, Illinois, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beers? That's great. That's really funny because, uh, full disclosure, the first time I ever had sex, like someone heard me and they called me the jackhammer, uh, which is really funny <laughs> the next day. Because I uh, was younger and had more stamina. So. Sure. <laughs> this could be a whole other podcast. Right? It's a spin-off. <laughs> it's a spin-off. And, and sitting right across from me in my garage in South City, St. Louis, sunny That's South great. City, St. Louis, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to bow our heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside Podcast, Volume 195, Chapter 3, Verse 14. And the good smart say it, hashtag, boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. I'm glad the uh, the cat's out of the bag. Cat's so out way, of the bag, So that yeah. way, you know, I had it on lockdown, but when people kind of bring you two up, I have to, it's like a game of chicken. And we were talking about it this last week. Man, I have... I, I got to let them go first. <laughs> I got, what you got? <laughs> I got to say this about both you guys. Um, Jason in particular, because I've known him longer. I have, but Zach, this applies to Zach too. I have told Jason some secrets. And if you tell Jason a secret, it is in the lockbox, man. <laughs> it really is. You can count on that shit. And I told Zach, who is cousins with my wife, or his wife is cousins with my wife. I told him about us being pregnant a couple weeks ago. And I said, please don't tell your wife. And he didn't. Wow. From what I hear, which is pretty impressive stuff. Yeah, that was pretty great. impressive. Yeah, she, she, she wasn't even mad. She was just like, you knew? And I'm like, yeah. That's great. Oh, before I forget, shout so, out to uh, Steve Patterson. Thanks for coming in on Tuesday. BFR was security was in the house. Made me feel good. Thanks for coming in. Happy anniversary once again. Um, I also want to say before we get too far into it that we are finding out what the baby is and we had the ultrasound the other day and I can break it right here on Ban from Ringside Podcast. Mm -mm. It's a hand. 
<laughs> Breaking news. Totally Mark Henry. <laughs> Mark Henry as doctor. <laughs> Fine, don't worry about it. That All right, great. so look, but we got a bunch of wrestling to get to. Uh, before Please. we get too far into it, Jason, why don't you tell us about F and B Eatery? F and B Eatery on the corner of thirty four fifty three Southampton and Marquette, home of the best smash burger you never heard of. So let's go ahead and alleviate that problem. Meet your boy in there. Grab some uh, carry out. Get you some curbside. Get bring the kids. Days like this are going to be. A, more and more abundant, so this is a more and more of a reason to get out, stretch your legs, take on the drive down to F&B Eatery, tell them that Bam from Ringside sent you. And I'll also tell you about Bill's Beard Company, which is the Beard Oil, Beard Balm, Beard Shampoo, Shower Spray, Shower Balm Company that my wife has created. Um, listen, this stuff is selling. We are shipping it all over the country. If you want to get in on it, hit me up at BFR Bill. And we will be able to ship it to wherever you are. If you're in the St. Louis area, you can come meet me up at Jack Patrick's tomorrow night. Not a sponsor, but you can meet me at Jack Patrick's <laughs> tomorrow night. I'll be up there uh, slinging drinks behind the bar. And without further ado, let's get to that three count. One, two, three. JCB, kick it off. I'm still kind of giggling about the genetic jackhammer. <laughs> I've been waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with New Japan. Uh, just kick off the wine count today. Um, the end of uh, New Japan, or end of New Japan, but the end of uh, Castle Attack Tour was a two-part uh, show. Night one ended with uh, Okada versus Evil. Night two was the Intercontinental Championship with Ibushi and Naito. Uh, obviously, we could start with Naito first because obviously more important. And as kind of time progressed, that it kind of picked up steam where more and more people seemed, I guess, to disagree with the, I don't know if it's Ibushi or New Japan driving this merging of the titles, neither here nor there. Most important thing, obviously, is Obushi retains, so now he has that right to unify the tiles, which they are apparently going to do, uh, especially now after, spoiler alert, just in case you haven't seen it, Obushi did retain this morning against Desperado in a borderline instant classic. If you haven't seen it, go rush, run out and I, do so. I have more to say about Desperado later on, but... Yeah, um... There, there's no way this was a Bushi's decision. I mean, it might kayfabe be a Bushi's it decision. It might be kayfabe, but I think that's neither here nor there. He's what do you think about them? It. What do you think about them unifying the belts? At first, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but the more and more I kind of think about it, and the more and more I kind of looked at it, I do start. I'm starting to have a problem with it, especially if you're kind of throwing the numbers out there. The Neverweight title was created. in... 2012 the intercontinental title was created in 2011 if i'm not mistaken there were 32 in count counting now the current neverweight champion tanahashi he's the 32nd neverweight champion uh obushi is the 27th uh intercontinental champion so people that are making the argument are saying that the Intercontinental Championship doesn't have prestige, but neither does the Neverweight title for that matter either. It, it basically sounds like if you just want to do numbers-wise, they're kind of flip-flopping between 
a champion here, a champion there, both ways. Now, you always have your finger on the pulse of the people more than I do. <laughs> That's why no. one of your Twitter handles is the people's champ. <laughs> I didn't know that there were people out there blaming Ibushi for this, and I also didn't know that there were people that were saying that the Intercontinental Championship is okay to be merged into the Heavyweight Championship because it doesn't have a very long history. That that seems ridiculous to me because, the, like you said, the Neverweight Open Champion, Open... I always fuck it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Neverweight belt hasn't been around nearly as long and is way less prestigious, but they're keeping it around. Are they trying to make the Neverweight belt the The number two belt, essentially. Everything would move up. And now with the U.S. belt, you know, look, all credit to Moxley. You know, that's a great U.S. champion. He has name value. But now even more so to my argument, that has even less prestige than the Neverweight title. And that bad boy, I mean, like I said, that's what, 2012. Quick uh, trivia question. MVP was the first Intercontinental Champion. That's not a question. That's the no, answer. That's, do you know who he beat? Oh, um, AJ Styles. Two beer? No, I don't remember who he beat. I wasn't watching then. I knew he was a champ, but. Who was it? Yano. No shit. No, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I love that. I saw that. I was like, yeah, I might have to come home and watch that. Uh, two beers, Zach. What do you think about them uh, merging the belts? Uh, on one hand, they have too many belts, right? That's kind of a thing with New Japan, too many belts. Like, Bernstein Bears and too many belts. If you made a children's book about New Japan, that's what I would make. But uh, on the other hand, uh, I don't see why you would erase your IWGP history of your heavyweight belt uh, because from what I've gathered, it's going to be unification with a completely new history. And whether you date that history back to Anoki or Hogan, those are both Goliath in professional wrestling. And the only the best of the best in the business really have been IWGP champions. And I just don't know why you would erase that lineage. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's a risk, maybe, you know, you can always bounce back. I don't know. It is wrestling, but, um, you know, I'm not going to like poo poo it or anything, but it is kind of baffling to me because to me, it is the most prestigious belt in all of wrestling. So it seems weird to kind of start over. Right? I, I read that on, uh, Japanese YouTube metrics that the announcement on YouTube of the new, combined belt it's just all thumbs down just like it's almost like when uh the star wars movie got carpet bombed by rotten unrotten tomatoes or something like they are not happy about this the japanese people who are closer to the product than we are obviously i agree i mean intercontinental belt just sounds better than everything else than never open weight championship the like zach said the championship belt is i I don't know what it means when they say that they're erasing the lineage i know that we've had this conversation when they made the universal title championship i know that i had this conversation back in 2001 with cam cam bigelow and ryan dale chuck and terrible about what the wcw belt meant in wwe when they renamed that also lineages they're definitely for smarts like us but they can be reactivated right 
Yeah, I mean, if you, I think that would be a really knee-jerk reaction if you want to reactivate it. I'll just go like this. The way that I'm understanding it is they're going to merge the two belts at uh, Genesis. Uh, Ubushi will, I will soon be the champion at that point. Will probably face the winner of the New Japan Cup or uh, someone else at that point. He will then, if he retains, he'll be the first edition of the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Which is a big deal. For branding reasons, I think it's a huge deal, and I think that's part of the reason why they're doing it. Um, I mean, to this day, I still think about Jericho as the first unified unified World Heavyweight Champion. Unified World Heavyweight Champion under WCW and WWE. I mean, he's still... He's still in my mind. That was 20 years ago. He's still in my mind. That's a big deal to me. So it does matter. It sounds better. It does. Um, go ahead. No, it just, that's just what I was going to say. It just sounds better. Don't get me wrong. The, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship will always stand the test of time. This is just one of those things where everybody's just going to have to take a step back, myself included, and just watch this thing unfold first and not react too quickly. Cool. Let's talk about some of those matches. That might sound mean like I didn't like I was waiting for you to stop talking. No. Let's talk about some of these matches. Zach, first time. what did you think about Naito versus Ibushi at the Castle Attack Night 2? Um, I mean, it was a really good match. Uh, they've had better matches, I would say, but only um, as far as like reaction for me, right? Because a lot of times uh, I, like anybody, I feel like judge uh, a quality of a professional wrestling match on my reaction. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, bombastic, but, like, if I'm, like, really into it for a variety of reasons. And thankfully, this was much safer than a lot of their other matches. There was only, like, a couple times where Abushi landed on his head, and I wasn't, like, incredibly scared. Uh, but this is a really cool match. I especially love the beginning where they back-wrestled, uh, because that's not something they usually see. Uh, from the two of these guys together. Uh, so that was fun. The announcers put it over, and, too. What's that? The announcers put it over, too. It was a great job by the announcers being like, you know, this Matt Wrestling could take a whole lot more out of you and all that jazz. Absolutely. You know, Kevin Kelly absolutely rules. And I tell you what, like, if Excalibur wasn't kicking ass every single week on American television, like, Kevin Kelly would be, like, the god of pro wrestling announcers right now because – uh, he really knows how to put that product over, and he does his homework. And who'd have thought going from a backstage guy at WWE whenever I was a kid, uh, you know, like Todd Pettengill, that um, this dude would end up being like one of the greater announcers of our time. <laughs> that's that's 100% accurate. But, um, yeah, uh, no, I really like the match. Uh, definitely the highlight of the show for sure. And then, like, Abushi uh, retains, Desperado comes out to challenge. And, like, I just really want somebody to, like, go over that whole thing with, like, the Eagles Desperado. Uh, <laughs> really, it's like, what were you thinking, man? Like, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Desperado doesn't win. And nobody expected him to. I'm really looking forward to the match, though. I really want to see the match because uh, he's a really great worker. But, um, yeah, like, that whole tradition of the light heavyweight champion uh, challenging the heavyweight champion, even without the double championship thing going on. Um, I did not expect him to go over unless they were trying to fuse three belts and turn it into like an 
a triple crown championship. But, um, you know, that's another argument for another time, as Jason would say. That's what happens when you're doing podcasts in your garage. A dump truck drives by. <laughs> the second car right behind Jason, it, man as hell. <laughs> Jason. And Jason gets to smoke while he's doing the podcast. Right? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Jason, what did you think of the match? The match was good. It was different because of all the reasons that two beer said. It was more Matt wrestled. It was more submissions from Naito. That said, it felt like watching the match, I was like, okay, this is going to happen. Okay, this is going to happen. And the next thing you know, it's boom, one Kamagoye later. The next thing you know, I'm looking up, and Naito's getting pinned. I'm just like, okay, this ain't happening. Which I'm not too, like I said, I'm not too upset about it because I think Naito's kind of had, and Tubir said this multiple times, and I'm starting to agree with this a little more and more, Naito's had his run, and it's, it's going to be time for him to take a step back, especially when he's been a two-time double champion. So, Dude, that, might do, that dude just might need a break. We will discuss that here in a second. Um, I, I was a big fan of the match. I, I loved uh, the pen of Ibushi just falling over completely exhausted, like not even putting his hands up and just falling over Naito. Obviously, these guys are so good together. This match was a little different. They decided, as, as Zach said, you know, with the mat wrestling, they always bring out something a little different, and it's never boring. It was great. Um I'm glad Ibushi won because, you know, it's his time. It's no, it's his, his turn. Yeah. yeah. This, this is the reign of Ibushi. Yeah, and so I, and, it's, and it's going to go for a little bit. It's, it needs to go at least to the summer. A couple other things I'd like to talk about from that night. Uh, the one being uh, El, Despera- El Desperado, the, the Despi, uh, versus yeah. El Fantasmo versus Bushi was Bill Vegas special, guys. Hey. You know I love them triple threats. They lived up to the hype. And that and why this while this might have had some of the characteristics of triple threat matches that aren't my favorite, where one guy is just selling on the side of the ring for ten minutes and then he comes back in. There's no doubt how good Desperado and El Fantasmo are. They are fucking great. Both of them and taking off the mask, him going away and getting a new mask and coming back. I love shit like that. I like that Desperado went over. I was a big fan of this match, a real big fan of this match. What do you think, Jason? The fact that it kind of reminded me, and I even hate to bring up WWE in this discussion, but it was kind of like Kofi, Mustafa Ali a little bit, where Desperado is kind of taking – Hiromu's spot because this was Hiromu's spot. It was basically him and uh, ELP supposed to be going for the uh, the junior heavyweight title. He takes his spot. It's now a triple threat because Hiromu wants Bushi in it. That's his wish before he goes away. And now next thing you know, you have this amazingly good triple threat match where, like you said, when Desperado lost his mask, I'm like, man, God damn it. I'm like, okay, well, this is fine. You know, we've seen Desperado without a mask before, you know, and this is early in the match. I'm like, fuck it. He'll come back. Yeah, it was early. He'll come back in a little bit. We can see this again. It'll it'll be even better, you know, if he goes over. And even if it took 10 minutes, Bushi and ELP still had a, a good match going on. The addition when Desperado came back was just like, oh, shit. Now it's really on. So it just kind of took like, a, it was really two matches. It was Bushi and ELP first, and then it became really a triple threat afterwards. Zach. 
Oh, yeah, really good match. Um, I was actually surprised by the finish. I kind of thought that they would give it to El Fantasmo. But, um, I mean, any one of those guys is like a deserving junior heavyweight. It's just that um, the tough part is that Hiromu is such like a central figure of that. Um, and I thought maybe with kind of more of an American expansion that they might go with the Gaijin. Uh, but uh, Desperado, like, I'm glad, you know, for him. Like, totally awesome. And um, just in general, like you said, like, those guys are fantastic. El Fantasmos may be hurt a little bit by having such a heel gimmick in uh, COVID times because you can't really get a huge crowd reaction. And he has such a babyface moveset, you know, like any of these, like, big high flyers. Like, if he was a babyface, I think we wouldn't quite be talking about him like Ray Phoenix, but, you know, we would definitely be touting him. He wasn't dick punching everybody every time, and he was doing more... Uh, <laughs> rope walking <laughs> but uh but yeah like super fun match like this is why i love the bosj it's why i love the junior heavyweight division in new japan it's like the best quote-unquote cruiserweight division of the world so does despy own does despy hold the belt until hiroma gets back i doubt it Hiromu, I just, just reaction. Is he? Is it six months or is it a year? Six months is what yeah, they said. It's like six, six, six to nine months. So, um, yeah, with him, probably six months. So, I mean, nine months away. Dominion, it's, it's past Dominion. I'm I mean, calling. I can see him losing September. Dominion. Yeah, Dominion's in usually in the middle. June. Of the, yeah, June. but nine months is December, and then we get in the Wrestle Kingdom, and there comes my next question, which is something that I saw on Twitter. I didn't make this up. Could Hiromu versus Desperado headline a night one Wrestle Kingdom. You kind of stole my thunder. That was the, that was the oh, I stole somebody else's thunder too. So Not even really, but you, you reminded me of kind of what the micro of your question. I'll say yes, it can easily happen where Hiromu, if he comes back in six months, I can see him winning the title and then them setting up Hiromu Desperado, Hiromu ELP for Wrestle Kingdom Night One. Hiromu ELP or Hiromu Desperado? Either or. And you could see it headlining. Night One of Wrestle Kingdom. Now, to Two Beers Point and more of the macro of maybe why they combined the two titles, the heavyweight and the Intercontinental title, is maybe they're going to make this push for the junior division to be that next, you know, the number two, even though it's not going to affect. Well, Hiromu, ELP, and Desperado would certainly be three guys that. You can kind of build off of. Yes. If and when everything starts to calm down, you have obviously impact in play with the X division. You would have AEW obviously in play. You can get, bring in ROH if they want to play ball. So, I mean, in that scenario, I can kind of see where you would go with it. It's not necessarily that division with the heavyweights, but if you wanted to highlight the junior division as the next the next big division in New Japan, I can see why you marry the belts. Zach, what do you think? Here, here's, the real qu- here's the real question. How much does Clark Connors weigh? And how much does Ren Narita weigh? <laughs> no, 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 like, that's what I'm saying. They would, they would be a part of the junior division. Yeah, because those guys are so outrageously good. Yeah, I was like, about to say, Clark Connors is like 175. Like it would be perfect. 
yeah, that that totally makes sense because like if those guys like come back from excursion, quote unquote excursion, and are not young lions anymore, like those guys, Clark Connors, like Brenda Reed is going to be a big star. Clark Connors is like the most impressive dude on New Japan Strong. That guy is apparently awesome. Clark Connors is no longer a young lion, is what I saw on Twitter. So take that for what it's worth. Dope. Dope. Um, yeah. So I mean, like there's there's hope for this junior division because they really are kind of the redheaded stepchild of the New Japan. Like, you know, like I said, you never expect that junior heavyweight to ever win on the anniversary show. Like, no, even, okay. Like, go ahead, finish. Go ahead, finish. Uh, yeah, like, I think if anybody would, it would be Hiromu, right? Because right. he's such a star and he's so charismatic. But before that, you know, even like back when Liger would do it, you know, like Liger's the greatest cruiserweight of all time. Like, he never did it. But I mean, Ibushi like, was a cruiserweight right correct and so is omega yeah right. right and that was part of the the beauty of the omega desperado match for the uh the anniversary show this was seven years in the making you know what i'm saying so there was yeah, something and to it's like why that. do you think why do you think will osprey's put on weight right it's not because he wants to it's because he wants to be iwgp champion right, right? And, he wants to be the guy and they won't let him be the guy unless he's you know two or five well at the I was just going to kind of piggyback on what you were saying about that. Um, I'll just kind of push back a little bit where guys like Shingo Takagi, Will Ospreay were kind of guys that if you put them against Okada, you can kind of see it happening. Maybe more so Shingo versus Will Ospreay when they were both juniors because I'm sorry, you can call Shingo Takagi a quote-unquote junior if you want to put that motherfucker on the scale and prove it to me. Otherwise, that ju- that joker was a heavyweight <laughs> walking in the door, but that's another story for another time. You could at least make the argument for that, okay? Will Ospreay was more of kind of like a dream match, kind of like Desperado and Ibushi was a dream match, kind of like Naito and uh, Hiromo should have been the dream match that we didn't get last year. So I want, you know, I get your point, and don't get me wrong, 99% of the time, it's should happen but in the case of like Shingo versus Okada you know you might have to be like well you know this motherfucker might lose tonight so you know I get what you're saying but there is you know like I said the bigger picture to think about another match I'd like to talk about which I kind of had a revelation during or just Great Okan surprised me Great Okan versus Tanahashi was way better than I thought it was going to be. It seems like Great Okan has made great strides even since Wrestle Kingdom. And I thought the match against Tanahashi was actually pretty great. Now, wrestling against arguably the best wrestler in New Japan history, or at least one of the top five wrestlers in New Japan history, I don't think there's a whole lot of argument about that. Um... I was a big fan of this match. I'm a big fan of Great Ocon now. I am now declaring myself a Great Ocon mark. And I'll tell you the moment that he did it. I'll tell you the moment that he did it. The moment that he did it was when he had Tanahashi backed up into the turnbuckle. And then he just kind of sat on him and let his shorts like almost suffocate Tanahashi. That to me, to use uh, Jason Bell parlance, is Comedy Central. That is funny as fuck to me. What did you guys think? Am I wrong about Great Ocon? I'm not going to tell you you're wrong yet. Uh, I need to see him do a match that's good that's not against Tanahashi. Because like you said, Tanahashi, like maybe the greatest of our generation, right? 
like in, I know you guys, you can say, I mean, it's definitely your guys' generation. I don't know if it's mine, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's probably younger than both of us. <laughs> the old guy, right? That old guy across from you. Yeah. He probably saw it. Dude. I put Tom Ashley up there with like Rick Flair. Like he's just so like inconceivably good. And like his selling and stuff, especially, you know, he's the way he sells for guys. is just fantastic. So, I don't know. Like, we'll see. Like, he, Great O'Connor has not completely sold me yet, but I have seen glimpses. I like that he kind of brings this old school style. He brings that, uh, that Von Eric claw, right? That's something we haven't seen in wrestling in a long time. Uh, you would pull it out every now and then. But, yeah, and it's not uh, my favorite finisher either. Like, I think it's kind of a dumb finisher. It's an old school finisher. It's like the, the heart punch or some shit, but like, I like Great O'Connor doing it. I, I respect it. Yeah. And, and I like it. Uh, so, like, I, I like Jerry's a lot for me, uh, but I mean, I'm not going to poo poo your decision there to, to be a great con mark. Thank you. Jason, go ahead. I like you're making all sorts of gyrations and <laughs> fucking faces over there. Like, you are like, what, what is your problem? Well, considering that I am the one of the three of us that watched the anniversary show, but two of the three of us know the result of the New Japan Cup starting this morning where you had... Oh, uh, Jason can't like Great Ocon this week. No, 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 no. So let's, let's back it up for a second. Once again, spoiler alert, Great Ocon defeated Naito by referee stoppage. Okay, that's where... Oh, really? Yeah, that's where I was like, okay, so... Oh, nice. That's a win for my boy. That's a huge, huge win, win for my boy. It's a huge, for my favorite wrestler. Right. It's a huge <laughs> win in that sense where... I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, but I, even I was like, okay, I'm just waiting for Naito to get to the ropes and let's break this thing up. We're going to turn this thing around like we always do. This is just what we do. He likes to play with me. And the next thing you know, I'm hearing the bell ring. I'm like, man, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Queen win, no fuckery. It brings a new side of Great O'Connor out that I didn't think existed. So I have to tip the hat on that, number one. Number two, like I always said. So it sounds like I was right twice. Twice. Where I got I like You were Great ahead O'Connor, of the curve before you even knew it. And I, I said the Naido needs a... Oh, that's why you said. Okay, I get it. No, I didn't. I, I, did, I honestly did not know that. That's what I'm saying. Kudos to Great O'Connor, like I said, number one, because you did it the way you do it. Number two, the fact that you're pushing the, the new talent. And third, it kind of signals Naido's kind of a, probably a back step towards, you know, the background of LIJ, where now He's maybe. A break. And which deservedly so. I mean, goddamn, sure. you know what more do you, does this man? He's not a do? spring chicken either. No, it's really time for now either Sonata to step up to the plate and start pushing him and make the neverweight open championship, open weight title that number two championship, and have Sonata be realistically that guy, or Hiromu is going to be the number one guy. They're going to 
you know, saddle him with LIJ and all the expectations of it. Would love to see that. Um, I want to point out here for anybody that doesn't watch New Japan, we probably have another 20 more minutes of New Japan content. (laughs) So, because we haven't talked about the New Japan Cup, we have plenty of WWE and AEW, but you guys should check out New Japan too. Uh, one big drawback of doing it out here in the garage and not doing it inside. Bathrooms much further, much further away. So if there's any other yeah, matches, like, I know you, I know you live in the city, but like, dude, like, just yeah. But I mean, there are children that like live no, it, in my neighborhood. Yeah, I'm not going to say if this, gonna, was, if this was down by my apartment, I just say yeah, go around the corner. I'm not going to piss out the back of the alley. No, like, no, no. There's you a ten year old girl that lives. Yeah, you door. can't do that. That's going to say no. I'm not trying to run with this laptop. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. What? Any, any other matches you guys want to talk about? No, I was going to say we can kind of sneak forward towards the uh, the New Japan Cup a little bit because that was that was my next biggest takeaway leading away from Castle Attack is like okay, you know the New Japan Cup brackets are getting ready to come out. You know who's going to be in it. You know what's it going to be, kind of so on and so forth. And when I finally saw it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Tanahashi is the Neverweight Champion. Okay, like we kind of talked about. There's two people getting a buy. Okay, let's just go first and foremost. Tanahashi being the, the first guy on the opposite side of the bracket where the other person I'm getting ready to maybe snap here in a little bit the more and more I'm starting to think about it. Tanahashi gets the buy on the one side as a Neverweight Champion, apparently going to be the number two title when it comes to heavyweights. Okay, fair enough. The defending champion, Evil, gets the other bye. I mean... Can you have any more of a limping ass motherfucker coming into the New Japan Cup and getting the first round by? I mean, damn, when's the I think really the last time he beat somebody in a singles match was Naido for the double championship. Outside of that, <laughs> I'm dude, I'm dead ass. <laughs> I think even more so to my point, I think um one of the stats they threw up in the Naido um Great Okan match was Naido hasn't won a singles title since November of last year. I'm like, man, what the fuck is that? I mean, that doesn't make any fucking sense. But when I started to think about it, I was like, man, that kind of makes sense. So more so to my point, evil, God bless him, but it's time for him to take a step back. When I I know I said I wanted to see Bullet Club, Jay White versus Evil, I don't want to see that shit anymore. Jay White is the undisputed leader of Bullet Club. Evil just needs to take a step back. The sooner he gets eliminated, the better. I'm I'm with you, man. Um, as far as the New Japan Cup, uh, they're definitely fielding 32 people, which is uh, cool. And I mean, that's one thing that I really love about New Japan is their annual tournaments. And you look forward to this kind of stuff every year. I mean, it's not the G1, but nothing is. But it's still quite close. I mean, yeah. it's like G1 Junior. Yeah, I, mean, um, I was going to say there can be some uh, potential. Well, there's obviously the the big first round matchup with uh, Shingo and and. Okada off the jump. Yeah, absolutely. Which was uh, my vote for favorite match of the entire year last year, whatever it was in the G1 from that Osaka show. Uh, but the um, fucking uh, New Japan Cup, like in general. Like, so we had uh, Cobb and Kojima, which I love Kojima. Dude still works great uh, for 52 years old or whatever. Uh, but Cobb went over him because Kojima had gone over. Uh, the Empire, right? The right. Um, at the Castle Attack show. So um, I was kind of surprised at that because I mean, dudes like Tenzan and Kojima, like talk about two guys at the end of their careers, and 
Cobb and Osprey like on the way up. I was like, what is going on? I was like, Osprey wasn't doing anything. I was like, maybe he's hurt. I don't know. Uh, but it wasn't like a very fantastic match for this up and coming heel faction. Uh, but then, of yeah. course, Cobb gets the win over Kojima at the New Japan Cup. So that makes more sense for me. So, uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. Who do you guys think is the overall winner of this New Japan Cup? Well, I was just going to say, I'll, I'll piggyback on the uh, United Empire thought you just had. As bad as they were coming out of Wrestle Kingdom and um, the New Beginnings Tour coming into this one, you know, Jeff Cobb wins. Great O'Connor has arguably right now the biggest quote-unquote upset of the tournament. And then you have Will Ospreay on the other side. If he could get past Zack Sabre Jr., I think, is, I guess that would be like the quarterfinals. That would be like they have to win at least a match piece, and I think they'll match up soon thereafter. If he can get past Zack Sabre Jr., a lot of this, you know, United Empire, you know, questions that we have is going to come to a screeching halt. Um, I had for Final Four um, Jay White, Osprey, Okada, and Naito, uh, where Okada would beat Naito, Jay White would beat Osprey, and then Okada would win the whole damn thing. Of course, it's hard to to go it's, against it's a that. Good, it's a good thing we didn't do uh, March Madness. Uh, <laughs> so, like, it, out first week. <laughs> so you got Okada winning the whole thing, though? Yeah, but I'm probably wrong. And the reason why I think this more and more is especially if, God forbid, and I shouldn't say God forbid because I'm not that big of an Okada fan like that, but if, if let's just say for the sake of argument, Shingo beats Okada round one, that's going to change the whole thing. And that could really lead so to Shingo. Honestly, going the, uh, the whole way and being one half of that final. Yeah, so that's actually who I have. Like, honestly, whoever wins that first-round match, like Shingo or Okada, that's who I have for the New Japan Cup. Uh, it's, like, all down to that one match because I feel like whichever one is going to go all the way. I mean, they loaded up that first round. There are a bunch of bangers in yeah, that first round. Yeah, like, dude, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I got to say, though, if I'm, if I'm picking one to win, I'm going to pick Osprey. I can totally see that, and that's that's the great part about the New Japan Cup and New Japan in general because you can honestly, if you don't want to make the usual suspects argument, and obviously Naito's out, Okada's obviously usual usual suspect, you can easily make the Will Ospreay argument because they have that connection going with Chaos and they just had the uh, the Wrestle uh, Kingdom match or whatever the case may be. You can make an argument for, God forbid, uh, evil, they just got finished with, you know, their little feud, which is not necessarily great. But having a first round by gives it evil an advantage. So he's going to have a step ahead of everybody. And God knows Dick Togo is going to be in play. Shingo, evil is not winning it. Look, I'm not saying he's going to go back to back. I'm just saying that you know, I'm making a point. Zack Sabre Jr., Tanahashi's in play. So, I mean, there's guys that are – we. There's probably somebody that we're not thinking about that's going to probably win a match or two and be like, oh, shit, you know, somebody else's bracket is in trouble, too. And that's the great What's the guy's name with the Mongolian chop? (laughs) What's that guy's name? (laughs) What's his name? Tenzan, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, we already talked about that. Like, I thought Tenzan wasn't supposed to do the Mongolian chop. It's a modified. No, no, I'm, I'm totally being facetious. The fact that the Tenzai wanted to do it in the uh, the lead up to one of these, and 
Will Ospreay was kind of trolling his ass because, you know, he can't do it, he can't do it. That's the great part about the United Empire, and I think this is going to be the start of them coming back to being a, a credible faction. I'm waiting for that fourth person to represent the junior heavyweight division because apparently if they're, if they're going to put make this push, they're going to need somebody to represent that division. So officially, your pick for New Japan Cup winner is? Okada. Zach? It's either Shingo or Okada, whoever wins that first match. I, yeah, but I want you to pick one. Ah, son of a bitch. I'm going to go Shingo then. <laughs> All right. That, I love that pick. Um, anything else, New Japan? Um, we just spent a good 35 minutes on it. Uh, just three, uh, a couple of outdoor shows coming up in May. I'm kind of excited about Yokohama, and they're going back to Tokyo Dome. Outside of that, I think we've pretty much covered it. Once again, if you don't watch New Japan, you should watch New Japan. Let's get to that two counts. All right, Zach, anything else? Oh, no. Yeah, uh, just subscribe to All right. us and New Japan. Yeah, that's right. Listen, doing? share, subscribe, repeat. <laughs> uh, let's get to that two count. One, two, three. Two beer, what's the two count? Two count, we've got... Uh, Bobby Lashley is the WWE champion. Is he universal or is he champion? Or like heavyweight champion. He's heavyweight champion. Heavyweight champion. So, yeah, because I saw the the thing, like third black champion, right? The Rock, uh, Kofi, and then him. So, uh, one week too late, in my opinion. But, uh, Stop. <laughs> one man. Man, come on. You don't say you don't never look the gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm happy that it happened. Uh the the whole kind of thing I didn't watch Raw because I don't but I I read the the recap and uh, just having you know the long drawn out Raw right where with Miz walks out and he's not going to do it and total chicken shit heel and um, that's a lot of segments of the Miz but uh, like the end result is where we want to be for WrestleMania so we get some fresh content the Hurt business is a great act and this is the right move uh, I'm gonna uh, not like look at the as Bill said that's a great way to find the dark and the silver lining or the silver <laughs> the dark cloud is part of the silver lining. I'm gonna look at the silver lining and Bobby Lashley's the champion, so that's cool. Jason Cornelius Bell, what do you think? Obviously, I watched it. Um, a lot of trepidation, especially coming up when you had about ten minutes to the end of Raw. I said it on Twitter. I'll, I'll say it here. I was wrong. They got it right. Uh, they It was a total, complete squash the way it should be. He picked Miz up again and and put him back in the hurt lock and, and made sure that there was leave no doubt in the mortal words of Denzel Washington. It was a complete squash. It's the way it should have been. I was just surprised that they pulled the trigger and didn't have Drew come out and have some sort of fast lane match leading into WrestleMania. That said, Fastlane is still out there. I don't. Th- I'm, are you going to give Bobby Lashley the night off? I'm not sure. So I mean, it's it's there's still some questions to see before we get Lashley versus Drew. Just is there a real- question? If if we had to buy these WWE pay per views, would you buy Fastlane? That's a no. better question. No, I would, no not at this point. That's a bummer. They they gave us no build up to what could be. You know, I would give 
Joey O'Farrell uh, $5 yeah, to come to his house and yeah, watch it. Say, $10. Yeah, I was about to say, scoot over, player. Bring over some wings, <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, the way that they set Raw out, there was no way that Bobby Lashley wasn't going to win at the end because Miz was just putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. I will say this. Man, they do not fill up three hours very well. I'll find that dark lining in that silver cloud. They do, they, they do not find, they like to have three hours. And I like, that's one of the better Raws. Like to be able to tell a story like that over time. But they just don't use their people, their roster that well. That being said. I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch three hours of enhancement matches on dark. You know, it's more entertaining. That being said, Lashley. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I don't want to watch Raw at all. I watch it because it's, I, as I said before, it is just ingrained in me that you just watch Raw on Monday nights. I mean, it's been forever. That's what happens when you're an institution like that. When you're a fifty-plus demo. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Oh, hold up, man! Wait, 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 wait! I know you just did. Nah, I mean, he's right. I mean, no, he ain't. I mean, I'm not 50 plus. I'm 41, but I have been watching Raw on Monday nights for a long fucking time. I took about four Staying years off and then I years. came back. But it is nice on Monday nights to have something live, at least. I'll say this Lashley being champion is the right move. Lashley deserves a championship run. I don't think he's ever been champion before. He's been ECW champion, he's never been another heavyweight champion. Well, but, he was champion at Impact, but. That's neither here nor there. Right. WWE. The guy is good. The guy can, as you said, the Hurt Business is a fantastic act. I put it on Friends of BFR on Facebook. I said, one night we were watching a pay-per-view, you know, online together. We were all commenting. And I go, man, if they really want to, they can make the Hurt Business legendary. You did say that. And... They've done it because now those guys have all the belts. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin have the tag belts, and Bobby Lashley has the belt, and that is what you do with a faction. And they are a great faction, even though Cedric undisputed era of the main roster right now. Yeah, yeah, and and they have Shelton Benjamin's an old guy too. Cedric Alexander though is a new guy. And Cedric Alexander is making his way just fine. The guy can work just fine. Do you remember whenever like we saw him in the Cruiserweight Classic and then Full Sail chanted, please sign Cedric, um, like to the point where Triple H actually came out? And he was like, yeah, yeah, we yeah, got calm it. Calm down like, before you tear this motherfucker yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got this, it, okay? Like, chill right? out. <laughs> yeah, so it is great to see him in a – faction on the main roster where like he's getting tv time because dude like all those guys are great and and i gotta say mvp i don't really care to see him in his matches in the ring but as a manager dude he's great yeah he rules i see bobby lashley going into wrestlemania with the belt the question is is it against drew mcintyre or are we gonna get that brock lesnar bobby lashley match that is Bobby Lashley's been asking for, apparently Lesnar's been asking for it too. They are two massive human beings. Two guys that... I want that so much. Two guys that both have MMA backgrounds and two guys that can really work. And I think that's what I'm rooting for. Jason. 
okay, let me rewind the tape for 30 seconds. Um, Hurt Business getting all the titles uh, was supposed to be a, a an angle where you had Undisputed Era supposed to come up, and that was going to be an angle, but obviously that was scrap. Neither here nor there. That's still a great fucking faction. They're going to be the main roster faction f- for a few months, hopefully in the next year or so to come. Cedric Alexander, I think when you see him rubbing against Shelton Benjamin, I didn't like that friction then. I'm loving. I'm gonna love it even more as long as they all keep the titles. You will have that little in feuding going on where every heel faction implodes. To answer the question, Lesnar, I don't know if you can ask Brock Lesnar to put another guy over in back-to-back WrestleManias, even with people in the stands. I see why you say it. It makes sense. For me, I want to go kind of more storyline where you kind of reward Drew McIntyre for carrying the baton in a pandemic era when there's nobody around. Give him the title back if that's what you choose to do with fans in the stands. Zach? I mean, I can't argue with that either. I'd be happy with either one. But I think we've been waiting for Brock versus Lashley for so long that we would like to see it. But I totally get that. Like, I would not be mad about Drew versus Lashley either. Uh, But it must be said, how nice of it was, um, what's their names? Um, The uh, Slapjacking crew. I can't even remember their name. Retribution. Retribution, yes. Like, their whole gimmick was destroying the WWE, and it was very nice of them to go out for a lumber, lumberjack match. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Fuck it, we get a paycheck. <laughs> that, ship, that ship has sailed. We, we talk about, like, factions in WWE, and, like, Hurt Business is definitely the retributions on the other side of the coin. Oh, shit. That's great. Yeah, they're, like, 3 MB. I mean, basically, right? Yeah. Which sucks is Ali, the whole thing was like, you know, those other guys were going to be jobbers for the moment, although they didn't have to be. But Ali, no, I mean, they're they're good wrestlers, but as far as like. They're not 3MB bad, but yeah, they're they're definitely not what we thought they were going to be. They're not 3MB good because 3MB was a good (laughs) act. I liked 3MB. I like Ali. Two out of three of them have been WWE champions champion since. Three years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, look, look, hey, hey, hey. I hey. hope. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let me step away from this one. It's all yours. I'll, I'll I hope for Mustafa Ali that he gets a WrestleMania match. I mean, I really want him to get a WrestleMania match because, A, the guy can work. Man, it'd be really cool if they went Ali versus Kofi, right, Zach? Oh, dude, yeah. Uh, Ali had a pre-show WrestleMania match with Cedric Alexander, actually, that was baller. It was a cruiserweight match. Uh, but he really, like, should be on the main card. That dude's awesome. Okay, so let's just stick with some main our main roster stuff uh, while Jason's gone for a minute. Uh, we can shit on it real hard. Uh, they completely wasted a Charlotte Flair versus Shayna Baszler match that could have been a WrestleMania match easily could have been an incredible WrestleMania match. And instead of it was a two and a half minute match on raw is Shayna Baszler ruined, I guess is my question. I don't know. It's just, it just is like what it is. Like that's 
that is like a total thing that whenever I was reading this recap of Raw, there was like a lot of like good matches that seemed like really good matches on paper that went like two minutes um, besides hers. But I mean, at least it was Charlotte beating her. Um, so, I mean, it's Charlotte. But um, I don't know. There was a Matt Riddle match that went just a couple minutes and it just seemed to be the theme. Yeah, it was Riddle uh, versus Ali. Um, yeah, exactly. Like that right there you know, WrestleMania match, right? Like, those guys are both great. Of course. Uh, McIntyre, they gave they gave us McIntyre and Sheamus on a Raw with no buildup. It went 22 minutes and was a banger, right, Jason? Yes, sir. That was when Dre said, don't even sleep. Uh, it proves, once again, kind of Sheamus is kind of that talent that you you can break out whenever you need to, put him in an angle, and he can go in the ring. You might not necessarily like him on the mic. He might not necessarily be your cup of tea character-wise, but in the ring, when he pulled himself up and uh, Drew McIntyre kipped up, I was like, oh, shit, you know, this is some New Japan-type shit. So, yeah, the, the match itself was good. It was nice to see uh, it happen. I wish they would have kind of saved that for fast lane. And especially with Miz getting squashed, if you just push this kind of thing all the way back, it it easily rolled into the WrestleMania. They no clearly problem. could have done it. At but no, but but I was thinking about that too. The flip side of it is, we always say you strike when the iron is hot. Lashley is is not going to be any hotter than he is right now. Go ahead and put the title on him. Run it for six weeks of WrestleMania. We'll see what happens. No doubt. Um, looks like we're getting the Braun Strowman versus Shane's thing is still going on. That's not very interesting to me. There was a bunch of interesting stuff that happened on SmackDown, though. Uh, Roman Reigns came out to start off SmackDown. Daniel Bryan came out and basically called him a pussy for... <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, I thought the head of the table would have wanted to you know, have the main event rather than get me after I fought an entire elimination chamber match. I could see that happening. What I didn't see happening was Edge was Dan Bryan challenging Roman Reigns at Fastlane and then Edge coming out and basically yelling at Daniel Bryan for trying to get that belt before the WrestleMania happened because Edge, as Edge said to Daniel Bryan, you were in the same Royal Rumble that I was. What do you think about that, Jason? Point Edge. I mean, I'm, I see where he's coming. Point kinda, to Edge? I'll see his point to that. However, Daniel Bryan, that's not his problem. His problem is hey, he has to deal with Roman Reigns. And if he beats Roman Reigns, you're just going to have to deal with me on night two on Sunday. I get that. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, uh, I did like that because I was kind of mad that whenever at Elimination Chamber, Roman came out immediately and, like, destroyed Daniel Bryan because, dude, that's a marquee match. Like, that is a match that I would actually pay WWE money to see, right? Like, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan in a wrestling match? That's legit. So, he's got a point there. So I'm glad that they brought it up. A couple other things. Hang on, but they're reeling us in. That's the reason why. Especially if you're not going to have a world heavyweight title match, they set, they did this to set the fast lane match up. Okay, yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, a couple other things. Rollins and Cesaro had an exchange 
that made me think maybe they're headed towards Rollins Cesaro at WrestleMania, which, man, if they would have done... Sleeper match. If they would have done any build-up at all for Cesaro, besides heating them up, cooling them down, heating them up, cooling them down, this could be a huge match. And I hope this is where we're going, because Rollins Cesaro, on paper, has the potential... To just be to just steal the show, Zach. Total match of the year candidate, right? Like on paper, <laughs> like hundred percent, like dude. I'm like half staff right now. And really, it's because they're finally doing something with Cesaro. They could have done. They could. They've had Cesaro all this time. I mean, how long have they had Cesaro? Six years, something like that. They had a first name. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Antonio, Big yeah. Dick Tony, man. Antonio Cesaro. Oh, boy. Uh, excited about this. Did He's you ever Big Dick Tony to me? What do you think about that, uh, Jason? I think it's it's probably a slam dunk, one hundred percent, possibly that this is going to happen. How they stretch it to WrestleMania, I'm not sure, but I would love to see that match at WrestleMania. You could put that night one, night two, it wouldn't matter. Um, but then from there. I don't even care. I don't even care what happens from there. I would love to see this match. I think it. it's, like I said, I think this shit is going to happen. But how you stretch it out to get there, I think there is the bigger question. One other part of SmackDown that I think is noteworthy is that Apollo Crews came out and cut a heel promo that was badass. It was very good. Talking about how... Uh, Biggie told him to take his ass back to catering, but he took his ass back to his roots. Said, "I'm not from America. I'm, not- I'm from Africa." Uh, cut a great heel promo, and it was the best kind of heel promo, where it's like, "Ah, oh, this motherfucker's got a point," you know. And Apollo Cruz is a guy that I've been high on for a long time. As you can, you can go back and listen to the last 192 episodes. I've been a big fan of Apollo Cruz. I think that he's Super talented. I didn't think that he had it in him to cut a heel promo this good. Zach, my one question for you. Did you watch SmackDown? Unfortunately not. <laughs> or fortunately, I don't know. Uh, this was this was a good one, actually. I mean... Well, then, let me ask you this, because you would probably know the answer to this. Was, was the gear that he was wearing... The Nigerian colors, so ish at the risk of sounding colonialist and racist, I'm going to abstain from that question. I don't know. Is he from Nigeria proper, or is he from? I don't think he's from I don't Nigeria. Know if he is. I don't know if he is or his parents are, but like that I, is his lineage. Okay, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Okay, at least he said it on SmackDown. So then that was the Nigerian. That's the reason why I'm going with it. I was a little a little fucked up when right, I was watching right, it. Right. But I just remember watching it and thinking, holy shit, this is really good. That's the reason why I kind of lean to it into it more because it's kind of like we always talk about the usually the best promos are the ones that they don't script. It kind of takes a little bit of your real life and kind of if you want to script it, but give them a little piece of the real life portion of it and then kind of run with it. It was a tremendous promo. It didn't 
that's the easily one of the best promos, if not the best promo I've ever seen him do. Because by the end, I was like, yeah, motherfucker, how you going to tell me to go back to catering? Who are you going to tell me to go back to catering? Exactly. Okay, if all, look, I might take the L, but you ain't going to tell me. I don't to go know back why he has to beat. I don't know why he has to beat Nakamura in less than five minutes right after that. But, you know, yeah. one step forward, two steps back. Um, All that being said, I think that's good on the main roster stuff. You know, nobody ever comes at us on Twitter or Facebook and says, can you guys talk about more main roster stuff? So I think we're good. That's the longest we've talked about the main roster in a long time. Well, it, I mean, you know, it's, it's tis the season. Super Bowl's getting ready to come up and shit. This is bad. Yeah, uh, Zach, why don't we talk about NXT? NXT, the big story is we had a uh, main event match that leads into a title match for next week. So we have Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, which, I mean, because AEW is coming off of a pay-per-view, there's no telling what their main event like will be. And it's a, it's a after a pay-per-view show, but... That is a marquee main event, and that is like the show that I want to see next week, at least for that main event angle, because you know those guys are going to have a killer match. But Roderick Strong and Finn Balor had a good match in the uh, main event of this one, and um, I thought NXT, I watched the Hulu version again. I thought it was a entertaining show. Um, I liked the Johnny Gargano uh, vignettes, and they played all of those on the uh, Hulu version. Yeah, maybe it's just me being a Gargano mark, but I thought he totally carried that, and it actually made it funny and not cringeworthy. They were, um, they were, know. they were legit funny. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Yeah, they, they were. Funny. I thought it was funny. I, I, I can't even lie. I thought it was. Going I to even die. thought Indy Hartwell was really, really fucking yeah, funny. She kind of stood out too. She's, she's over there drawing this shit. She's like, yeah, I could be his stranger. I'm like, ooh, what they, the fuck? <laughs> they do have a funny dynamic of like Candace and Johnny being the mom and dad. It's just something. I don't know. I can't remember ever seeing anything like that dynamic in wrestling. It's, it's, it's been a while since we've seen it. And, it, and for these four people, it works really well. Yeah, it was super fun. And uh, we opened with a tag match. We had Timothy Thatcher and Champa, um, and they wrestled uh, the Jane version of Oni Lurkin, the current champions. Uh, did not win. But we've got a little storyline stuff. Apparently, Thatcher was in Imperium over in England, uh, not part of like WWE, but like pre WWE. So we're going to get that storyline leaking in to NXT, which is cool because I like all those guys. And uh, the more TV time they get, the better. What do you think, Jason? Opening match was cool. Um, I didn't even realize that Timothy Thatcher was in Imperium when. Uh, he came from backstage, and who was it? Not Fabian Eichner, but uh, I can't think of his name right now. Not Alexander Wolf, but the other one. Yeah. He was standing backstage, uh, Bartell. Bartell's back, standing yeah. backstage, and he, and Thatcher passing him. I'm like, okay, so I kind of get it because they've been kind of teasing it. They teased it with Killian Dane last week, and now here's – Timothy Thatcher this week, so you know they're kind of teasing it, but I didn't even realize that uh, Thatcher was, was a part of an impairment at some other point. Wesley has a legitimate broken hand, so that's why this match happened. And a part of me was thinking that you know we were going to have the okie doke where the the champs would lose, and now Wesley has a broken hand. It's a legit broken hand. That's why they. Fuck. Yeah, he broke it on on one of those dives, so that's why they did that angle. 
So that's why we, we had this. So now I'm thinking, okay, here comes Champlin and Thatcher. They're getting ready to be uh, the number one contenders or whatever the case may be. And then they lost. And part in part, you know, with this shoulder uh, injury angle that is probably going to move forward. Is that, you know, the, you know, quote unquote, legit angle. Or did he do this because Imperium is kind of, you know, hovering around. I didn't even really like the match that much. To me, what was happening around the match, what could be, was more of the bigger thing than what the actual match itself. Yeah, I mean, the, the match was good. I like Ciampa having Thatcher's back uh, backstage. I like I like Ciampa and Thatcher as a tag team a lot. Not much more to say than that. We already talked about the way um, Cameron Grimes had a big night. <laughs> Cameron Grimes. <laughs> See, it's fun to say. He got it over. He got his name over. <laughs> There's no way Zach would have said unless it's over. Um, Grimes, uh, I'll, I'll skip around a little bit here. I, I know it's Zach's count, um, but Grimes beat Reed. After oh, we should talk about LA Knight's debut promo. Zach, what are I, you? Th- I I got something to say. Please, I like I like Eli Drake a lot. Uh, he is a great promo guy. LA Knight sounds like a WNBA team. I can't can't I argue with that. It. I need <laughs> I need like to get this name over. He's got to get this name over because uh, Eli Drake it has the same cadence, but. I don't know. He is a great promo dude, uh, but because he kind of didn't really have a target, right? Like he wasn't like coming after anybody in particular. He's just like I'm here, and he's just like burying the roster in general. Um, I think it'll be better when he's like a little bit more poignant when he's like picking out a person. He kind of went uh, through his greatest hits of promo stuff from Impact. Well, no, I think he, I think he more than picked out somebody. I mean, when he got involved in the Bronson Reed match, yeah, I mean, he that, fucked with Bronson Reed. I don't know if that was on Zach's Hulu. Oh, well, okay, that's no, what I was just going to say. Yeah, he, for, he interfered in the Bronson Reed Cameron Grimes match. Cameron Grimes went over because he fucked with Bronson Reed. So it looks like we're getting a LA Knight Bronson Reed. You're right, LA Knight. Just it really does sound like a WNBA team, kind of like. My favorite WNBA team, the Orlando Bloom. Uh, I had, I had uh, no, it was the LA Stars. Never mind. Go ahead. That's that's not my joke, but it is my brother's joke, and it's my my the, my favorite uh, my favorite Jacob Vagy joke. I uh, bet those uh, ladies had a lot of Lego left. Uh, <laughs> just a quick thought on LA Knight. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> it is kind of fucked up. Um, now I forgot. Oh, the, uh, LA Knight. Um, maybe it's a scenario where just in case and Blood Girl Raven, kudos to this. It's not my idea. Um, maybe it's a scenario where he's trying to keep his name in case shit goes sideways with WWE. Sure. Well, I'm sure WWE made him change his name. Oh, like, yeah, for they're sure. They're not going to give him Eli Drake. Here's what I'll say about that promo is because I've watched him for a long time, you know, just checking into Impact. I don't watch Impact, but I do tape it every week, and, you know, sometimes I check Which into it. Which is weird when you don't even watch it. Well, I mean, I don't, ha- I don't have two hours to devote to Impact every week. You got it all deep. Never mind. I Go have ahead. other shit to talk. I have other shit to watch, man. Go I ahead. got my Tosh.0s. I know. I, I know. got my Shark I Tanks. I know. I know. I know. 
I got my real time with Bill Maher just so I can scream the television. <laughs> Man, I, I just realized that you have a lot of television. And I don't even watch that much of it. Dude, uh, it's, like, it's bad, yeah. I don't even watch that much of it. No, I don't. I'm over here getting up early at 630 like, okay, we got New Japan to watch. <laughs> but oh, I th- real, real quick, I don't want to divert the conversation. Did, Jason, did you watch the Stardom show that was supposed to be amazing? <laughs> I need your password because I got to watch No, 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 no. I got you, so, dog. Well, this- We'll not divert the conversation. No, trust me. Back I got you. No, but I, I didn't know Eli Drake until NWA. So, like, that's what introduced me to Eli Drake was the NWA stuff, the power. Okay, so this is what I want to say about Eli Drake. And this has probably been said before. I looked it up, though, on his Wikipedia. I looked it up on Twitter. I could not find anything about it. Is he just imitating The Rock? <laughs> That's funny you said that. You're the second person that says that, and I, I, I totally like agree with it. Imitating Stone Cold being The Rock. He's got The like Rock. Stone cadence. Cold was if Stone Cold was imitating The Rock. That's kind of what I get from him. He. It, it, it's fair. the Rock's cadence, how he speaks, and I'm okay with that because The Rock was a wrestler long enough ago that doing like imitating somebody else. Is the sincerest form of flattery. That's what yeah, they say. Exactly. But it's also, like, it's old enough to where now it's just baked into wrestling. I mean, The Miz. 20 years. The, yeah, The Miz started off on The Real World imitating The right. Rock, saying, I'm The Miz and right. I'm awesome. Right. I remember watching those Real World episodes when I was, you know, Zach's age. But... <laughs> I I think there's a really interesting conversation to have about the difference between culture in 2021 and 2001 and the difference between 2001 and 1981 because they're both 20 years, but it seems like culture has kind of s- stood stagnant almost. Not not it ha- it hasn't stopped, but there's way less difference once the internet gets introduced to culture then I was just going to say you, you just you, the timeline you mentioned was whenever people got internet yes yeah and that that is that is weird to me I, I heard somebody on this documentary the other day say that uh, if you introduced Nirvana to people in 1971 they would be like or Blood Sugar Sex I think Nevermind and Blood Sugar Sex Magic came out on the same day if you introduce that music to people in 1971, they would be like, what the fuck is this? This isn't even music. This is fucking insane. Or Low in Theory is the other album that came out on the exact same day as those other two. Really? Yes. All, wow. all three of those. Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, Low in Theory, and Nevermind all came so out Nirvana, on the same day. Peppers, and Tribe. All, all came out on the same day. Those three albums? Those three albums. Jesus Christ. That's what I heard the other day. Yeah. And that's that, amazing. And that but if you played have, that for somebody in 1971, they would be like, this is definitely from the future. You know what I mean? But if you played those 1991 albums, are those, if you played 2011 albums for somebody in 1991, they'd be like, yeah, this is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I like this. You know? So, like, culture sped up somewhere along the way. Well, yeah. And well, the cool thing is, is with, with wrestlers, uh, maybe Eli Drake is an example of this, but definitely MJF is an example of this. 
you have guys that were not even alive. And even like me, like I watch wrestling where I wasn't even alive and I love it. And MJF is mimicking dudes from before he was even alive. Like he's drawing inspiration because he grew up being able to access YouTube and just voraciously consume all of this content and be in it, you know, be able to innovate and uh, pay homage to all these people. Whereas before he just had to like be in the right city and see the right person. Like, you know what I mean? Like exactly. Even, yeah. Like, last time I checked in that city, last time I checked MJF was getting fucking checked into the boards by Samoa Joe. I mean, come on, let's call it for what it is. It's just, I, what I'm saying is I'm not criticizing LA Knight for, you know, jocking or copping or whatever your term is for stealing from the rock because I thought it was a great promo. I really did think it was a great promo. It's definitely a promo. He went out there and he named all the big guys out there. He named Ciampa. He named Gargano. He named Adam Cole. He named Finn Balor, which means that he is there and he's in the main event. Yeah, I was going to say the North American title is not in LA Knight's future at any point. What did you think about Swerve's promo? Zach, did you see that? No, that wasn't on the Hulu. You know what? It actually kind of reminded me of a little bit, and I'm not saying that this is where they're going. It's when uh, Andrade had his like uh, his party gimmick going before Zelina Vega came in. It, it kind of reminds me a smidgen of that. It kind of reminds me of Leo Rush. If you watch MLW, I know you don't, but uh, they both are like artists or whatever, rap artists, whatever the case may be. To me, the biggest thing is this he's becoming at least a a solid character in this case a heel character i'm not a huge fan of the fact that it's targeting leon ruff but it's almost kind of like you know it's it's bullying a little bit if you put him side by side you don't think that leon ruff has a chance but when you put him in the ring leon ruff has a chance i don't see it as uh him bearing Leon Ruff, though. No, no, no. It's kind of no, putting him over. No, bullying. And I'll, I'll use bullying in quotes because, like I said, if you put them side by side next to each other and you're like, okay, here's your wrestling match, who wins? You know, the, the average eye should look at Swerve first. But we've been watching Swerve, Isaiah Scott, for a year now, if not longer. Yeah. And – now he finally has a little bit of edge. He finally has a little bit of character, and, this is I, the, and I am into it. This is the Isaiah Scott that I saw in Evolved where he basically was trying to tear Matt Riddle's fucking finger off. Okay, this is the guy I want to see. because uh, Leg- cool, whenever, whenever I was introduced to where he was the top guy at MLW. That's when I started watching MLW. Yeah, that too. Whenever in, whenever NXT stopped being a one-hour weekly show, I was kind of searching for that one-hour weekly show because that's like my favorite consumable form of wrestling. And MLW filled that gap. And I watched every week, and Swerve was on there, MJF, and um, these guys. And Swerve was the top guy, and he played that role really well. He can be a top guy. And uh, I'd like to see him get that North American title because it could be a stepping stone and you know a lot of these guys are not going to go to the main roster a lot of them are going to kind of hang in nxt um so he could be a nxt top guy it was a very cool promo um big fan swerve we talked about reed versus grimes we didn't talk about moon versus Aaliyah. 
Any thoughts on that? Um, just to get Ember Moon back on track, really, we bring back the Robert Stone brand, which, you know, is the entertainment portion of the program. It kind of make me get giggled. Um, not much really to say about this. It's, to me, it's more about, I guess, I guess, and I'll use that in, in quotation marks again to establish the women's tag teams, but moving forward here in a little bit, I question that, but go ahead. Legato Del Fantasma goes over everybody. There was going to be an <laughs> Ever-Rise versus uh, Brizongo match. I love Brizongo. I hate seeing him used this way. Our boy Kurt Stallion and Mansoor went over Ever-Rise on 205 Live this week. Which so, was okay, so that's really good match. Up for that. Yeah. Um, then we had Finn Balor versus Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong has always been, and he's always been the best worker. If not the best worker, one of the top three workers in any promotion he's in. He's fantastic. What do you think about that match, Zach? Oh, for sure. Like, uh, Robert Strong absolutely rules. And, uh, I mean, I didn't see him going over Finn Balor because Finn Balor is a strong champion. I totally get that. This is exactly the match that you would expect. And like I said, when it comes to comparing the main events of these two shows, uh, this one exceeded, like, expectations. Because, you know, you don't have that lead-in. Like, NXT doesn't very often let you know what's going to be on. We know next week there's going to be a title match, but we did not go know going into Wednesday that there's going to be a Robert Strong and Balor match, uh, and it ruled. Well, and just ne- like last week. We, oh, go ahead. I was going to say next week we have... Cole versus Finn Balor. We have Io Shirai versus Tony Storm. And there's another big match that they said. That there's another. I think there's another title match. It could be. I mean, no, they're. I was going to say. I mean, the only other title that's a, in play is Johnny Gargano. And Johnny Gargano is not wrestling. At least not in the title match. I mean, let's just go like that. The two big matches. There's and, another big match then. Yeah, but uh, I was going to say. And I want, that's, that's what I want to lead into before we go into AEW, NXT, move into... Tuesday See, when night. I don't watch wrestling drunk, I watch wrestling very tired, and I don't remember anything. This is what comes, you know, with being a dad. Yeah, when I don't watch dad, wrestling yeah. drunk, I watch wrestling <gasps> high. So. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't a dad yet, man. Damn. Oh, yeah. Tell that to... Uh, no, we're yeah, not right. going. We're not going to go there. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to that three counts. Hey, man. One. But we ain't gonna talk about NXT moving. You don't want to talk about NXT moving on Tuesday nights. Yeah, we should talk about it's that. It's not it's not there yet. They haven't said they're going to yet. Okay. Regal says that he's gonna have a big announcement. So is NXT actually going to month Tuesday nights? I think that's yeah, part I of the I mean this is a thing because the NHL is gonna be on Wednesdays and whenever they sign the NHL to USA, this is kind of always in play because NXT being on a Wednesday night is only indicative of Vince McMahon trying to put AEW out of business. It doesn't have anything to do with USA's plan of just getting ratings. And if USA wants better ratings and they just want to please the NHL, they'll move USA or they'll move NXT because it'll get better ratings on Tuesday than it does on Wednesday. And the NHL will draw better ratings than either one of them. Maybe. I don't know. But the NHL, even if it doesn't draw better ratings, it's still a better brand, right? Uh, it's like a 
a more substantial brand than wrestling right now, which is weird, even if it doesn't draw the better ratings, but it just is what it is. I mean, it's it's a major hot, sports brand. It's hockey. Okay, see, that. Yeah. Is, is, first and foremost, I expect that from you. Zach, I, I know you don't even know about sports, but I expect that from you. You're not even a hockey He guy. likes hockey. I, I actually, I do like hockey, yeah. Typical white guy in St. Louis. Holy yeah. shit. He's a white guy in St. Louis. He <laughs> yeah, loves hockey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Born in North County. I was born in North Well, yeah. I was born in North County, but I moved up there. Another story for another time. I'll just say this. Number one, I've, I've been banging this drum for a little bit, so I'm glad it's happening. Number two, moving to Tuesdays, they they really, and I love Impact, but I'll be more apt to watch NXT first moving forward. Oh, you don't think so? You, you think so? You're going to watch NXT instead of Impact? Oh, yeah. No fucking shit. But, I mean, it makes <laughs> fucking sense. Oh, look, look, you little snob, okay? I'll watch both, you know? I'm not that guy that's going to be like, oh, I got it on my DVR, but I'm just going to race it every week because it's there, okay? Yeah, I'll watch me. both. Okay, so just, number one, back the fuck up. Number two, let me finish. I'm the snob. You're the snob that watches all sorts of... You watch everything wrestling. So how does that make me the snob? It makes you the wrestling snob. No, it does. It, anyway. <laughs> so it should dominate Tuesday nights. And that makes fucking sense, okay? it's If this is really about business and Vince McMahon wants to make money... Moving to Tuesday nights makes the perfect fucking sense. AEW has basically pushed them off of the block. That was a great question for a dinosaur. So that being said, it's just time to go ahead and take the L, move to Tuesday nights, and build Tuesday nights. Get the one. There's no punch. doubt that it's taking an L, though, right? It's it's, it's, WWE, it's WWE taking an L. It's de- because it's they've, WWE they've taking, taking an L. L. This is this is WWE's Vietnam. Like, they've taken the, you know, like, AW re-signed for, a, you know, a much better contract than they had when they started. And that day that they signed that new contract, it's like worth 20-something million dollars. That's the day that took the L. If it was any other promotion that was taking this L, we wouldn't even be tripping off of it. Because WWE is the biggest, most lucrative promotion that we have. It is a fairly big deal. I'm going to miss it a little bit because the Wednesday Night Wars, RIP. The romanticism is, is gone. They sure. were they were For fun, sure. though. No, it, it was fun, but I mean. So now there's. We hardly, we hardly knew you. We hardly knew you. No, it, was, it was a nice little year, year and a half, run-ish, give or take. But I mean, to me, it didn't live up to the hype because it didn't elevate the competition. One team brought it, the other team didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what didn't... Hold on. That That's completely wrong, though. They both... Ex- you don't think AEW would be as good as it was if NXT, if it didn't have NXT to deal with? AEW is going to bring it. Okay? Well, uh, now they are, but they... They, they were had to- going to bring it from day one. Whether you liked it or not, This was they were going to put the Listen, best product out there. The only reason that I am... As successful as I am, is because I was circumcised. They cut part of my dick off within forty-eight hours of me being born, and now look how strong I am. That's that's what AEW is all about right now. They're that strong. The weirdest metaphor I've ever heard. And we can move on to the three count. 
I, I love Good it. Lord. I agree with I agree with Jason yes. on this one. <laughs> I'm the visual alone is fucking with me. Can they we messed, talk wrestling. Listen, they messed it up a little bit. The circumcision wasn't <laughs> <I think> perfect. <laughs> I think I'm having I think I'm having PTSD from my own circumcision. <laughs> Let's get to that three count. One, two, three. <laughs> All right, the three count is AEW, and then we're going to get into the AEW uh, revolution. Main, our pay-per-view. We got to talk about this Shaq match. This Shaq match brought it. It was... thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. I was like, oh, man. I'm just like so trepidatious, wondering what you guys thought, because it was not very highly thought of before we started. No, it was not. I did not expect very much going into it, and I have to admit that Red Velvet and Jade Cargill were couldn't have been better. It was a real it was a real uh showcase for them. Cody Rhodes and Shaq couldn't have been better. Shaq took a huge bump off the apron into a table, which he did not have to do. He did. He did not have to do that. Shaq was. No, what a guy to agree to agree to do that. Like it was awesome. It was awesome. I loved it. A plus. What do you think, Jason? For me, you could have put the guys out of the way and just let the girls handle their business. I mean, that would to me was more of the bigger story. If it was Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill, of course, of course, it wouldn't draw. I get it. Okay. I'm not saying it wouldn't draw. I'm saying we wouldn't talk about it as much. Okay. Shaq was in it with Cody Rhodes, who is, I don't know if you knew this, Dusty Rhodes' kid. Newsflash, I didn't know that, but thank you for reminding me. I was actually there. In kind the, of a uh, big deal. No, I was there in the delivery room since we want to make that joke. I'll just make it ahead of you. Very, very dashing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you circumcise him? No, hell no, man. Shit, I was there. I was like in the corner, you know, holding the fucking camera. I'm not circumcising anybody. Shit, I ain't got kids. Much less cutting somebody else's shit. Holding the scissors. <laughs> Whatever. Camera, man. Um, <laughs> the match was... Co- the match was cool because the women were not even the focus, but they stole. I won't even say they they kind of stole the show. They stole the show. We were having, at least myself personally, Red Velvet is okay. We've seen her a bunch on Dark, but this was a major step up. We haven't even seen Jade. I mean, damn, you can go on YouTube and try to find a match on her. You can't even find a match on her. So they were the... Literally the unknown. Shaq is Shaq. He's been in WWE ring, so it's not like, you know, he, we're just dragging him off the street and Cody's just going to, you know, commandeer the match. This was about the women, especially for me, hammering the w, or the AEW women's division. That, to me, was the biggest takeaway from that. Like I said, the men can step aside. They wanted to all credit to Shaq. You know, that spot with the two tables, all credit. I cannot take that away from him. But for me personally, it was about the ladies. Zach, what was your biggest takeaway? Oh, that, uh, like, Shaq rules. Like, I I was not looking forward to it. Like, I knew what it was, you know, as far as, like, just to get eyes on the brand. But then, you know, we saw those buildups, and it was like Shaq shooting a basketball. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I know he can shoot a basketball. Like, cool. Not really. Uh, But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, All as right, an whatever. NBA fan, he can't really shoot. <laughs> no, he can shoot free throws I, when he's right, when he needs to. If he needs to, <laughs> when he needs to. 
but uh, it ended up and he was just like Andre the Giant. He just came out as a big dude who didn't sell because it's like, dude, why make him sell whenever he's not going to be good at it, right? He's not a wrestler, so he's not going to know how to sell. Like, just make him a giant and doing the big hand slaps and the, the big slams and shit and just totally treated him like a star and at the same time, like, turn Jade Cargill into a star. Like, you couldn't have asked for better. Like, um, it, they really did a good job. And I totally expected to go into this podcast and uh, not even, like, defend it, but just kind of just, like, be like, oh, yeah, it just was what it was. But then it ended up being, like, one of the highlights of the show. <laughs> it was really cool. It, it was really good. He also kind of did the Brody Lee uh, tribute where when he got ready for the power bomb and he kissed both of his fingers, fingers yeah. and went out and then did the power bomb, which was very cool. The power bomb was very well executed. Yeah, I was watching it live and I'm always worried about, I'm always worried about my peeps, you know, like <laughs> I, I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. And I say Cody he, Rhodes, no, he we got, can't have him get and, hurt. And Shaq is huge and he got Cody Rhodes up there and he put him down in a very, Nice-looking, hard-looking powerbomb that was safe as fuck, and that's what you want to see. I did not expect to see Shaq go through tables. No. Not at all. No, no. And I think he kind of got called out by Pat McAfee, and I think that kind of lit a fire under his ass That because Pat McAfee went after him about uh, he's not going to do anything, and I think that that probably told Shaq. I mean, when you challenge a... An athlete like that, a guy who's used to competing, the guy is not going to back down from that. And Shaq went through some tables, and I, I'll i admit it, I marked out. No, it, it would be impossible not to, okay? Even, it would, truth be told, it was kind of spoiled a little bit for me coming into it. But I still was like, oh, hell no. This shit's really going to happen. You're going to let Shaq go through two fucking tables? So that said, I'll give Shaq the credit in the world. But like I said, for me, it really wasn't about Shaq. It really wasn't about Cody. It was more so about letting Jade. And that, to me, is the biggest issue moving forward. Red Velvet is going to be good, but Jade really stole the show. She and Shaq had like this physical presence over Cody and Red Velvet that you just don't normally see. I mean, Cody. I mean, just guys for perspective for thirty seconds. Cody's kind of a you know a tall guy. Shaq was towering over this motherfucker. It didn't even make sense how big he was. And Jay was just a physical specimen over Red Velvet. So you know, just taking Cody and Shaq away moving forward. The women, to me, really did well, especially Jade. I had, you know, I just expect this to be a, a much of a shit show at best. This really, like you said, it was a if there was a curtain jerker under normal circumstances, this would have been a really good curtain, curtain jerker moving forward. Jade Cargill is going to be the shit. It's just you can't rush this. I know this was great to start, but let's not put her in, you know, any title matches anytime soon. Let her beat up on the roster, you know, have a, a feud or two, throw a Thunder Roaster in sometime down the line, but just don't rush it because you have something really legit here, and if they play it smart, which they usually do, you should be okay. I'll say this about Jade yeah, Cargill. I mean, um, just – 
completely objectively as just a human, not even as a heterosexual male. She is unbelievably gorgeous. Like she has, she's like a a goddess. Like, yeah, she is. Like the, it's like a fantasy author wrote a woman. Right. Oh, let's let's say she's what six one six two. Yeah, yeah. Because I would say she's a little shorter than Cody, even with heels. But I yeah. mean, she is put together. Oh yeah. For, there's. We didn't have any doubts about that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Stevie Wonder talked to Ray Charles. Is like, did you see that shit? We had no doubts about I'm that. I'm just we saying. We just needed. I, for me personally, I need to see it in the ring. She brought it and then some. And that is no disrespect to Red Velvet because she had to need a dance partner. And Red Velvet danced with her. It was it was a great yeah. jerker. They both they both had star quality. Yeah. Like Red Velvet had star quality. She had great moonsault. She She's no slouch. Entrance. No. Did you, when it comes yeah, to the objectivity of the human form, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not as a heterosexual it, guy. I'm just all. saying. Yeah. But especially whenever you have Jade Cargill, like, because she really comes off like a star and really dominates any room. Like, even with Shaq and Cody Rhodes in the same ring, like, she was, like, the focal point Agreed. of the entire match for the most part. No, at least but for me, it was. Se- yeah, and that's a good segue into, like, everybody poo-poos this women's division AEW, but this AEW singles tournament was the other side of the coin from the AEW tag women's tournament. I remember watching that on Dark, having high hopes. Wasn't that great? We got Tay Conti kind of, you know, shining off of that, and that was cool, and Anna Jay, but for the most part, that wasn't that fun. This singles tournament was awesome. And, I mean, there was more great matches than good matches. Like, I really enjoyed that singles tournament. And I am, have high hopes for Rio Mizunaki versus Sheeta. Uh, that was cool. Whenever Rio went over Nia, or Nia, I say Nia, <laughs> Nyla Rose, uh, both big women in uh, different promotions. But, uh, like, went over Nyla Rose. and, and One of them, like, one of them's even her. good. Oh, see, you ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. And they to show their respect, they started giving forearms to each other. Oh man, that was like the coolest build to a fucking title match where they like had respect for each other. And they she just like hit me. <laughs> I, like, oh, shit. I loved it. They fight balls. Uh, what do you yeah. guys think cool. about Inner Circle and Bischoff? And then Young Bucks came out. Good Brothers came out. Uh, it looks like we're getting Inner Circle versus Bullet Club. Jason? You know what I'm going to say first and foremost. I mean. No, I don't. Okay. Well, Santana Ortiz need to be the ones that's the most pissed off about the, the how this whole thing happened. I mean, they're sitting back in the cut, you know, they're, you know, with their pom-poms rooting for the inner, inner circle. And next thing you know, I look up and they're taking fucking elbows through tables. I mean, what the fuck is that? I, I get that MJF and Jericho can't take the elbows through the tables. That, that has to happen on Sunday. But for me, it's, it's once again, micro versus macro. The bigger picture is, is that Santana Ortiz, number one, should it be the tag team in the inner circle? Instead, number two, I look up and they're fucking being the spot funk monkey fest for fucking the Bucks. Do I agree with it? Of course. You can't be doing Papa Buck like that, but can you pick two other motherfuckers to be jumping on on? That's all I'm saying. Can we not call him Papa Buck anymore? Uh, Zach, what do you think? I don't know that man's name. I hate I hate Mr. the term Buck? Papa Buck. Mr. Buck? 
Okay, it sounds stupid. <laughs> I know it's not your fault. I'll just say it. Uh, Zach. I mean, yeah, that, that is what they call him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a good angle. Like, I loved, like, the MJF callback where he called Conrad Turkey Tits, which he <laughs> called him, like, way back when they were just doing YouTube stuff before there was even AEW. And they were just doing, like, YouTube shows, and we were marking out over, like, oh, my God, the super motion is, like, going to show up. Uh, and he called him Turkey Tits back then. That was really funny. But MJF was, like, absolutely on fire, especially when he called him a uh, – not so slick. Wish my hair was more slick, Nick. <laughs> oh, man. oh yeah, that, I was about to say. I, I, obviously, I marked out that. That was that was really yeah. good. The, the back and, and forth these, was good. These, it just yeah, these like these segments are are good. I, I totally get what, what you're saying. You didn't uh, need this yeah. to, for any more build. Okay, this was more entertainment than anything else. Were you surprised yeah, that was. there was no Kenny Omega and John Moxley on the show? Basically, no need. I was because they're it's the go home show, but I totally get it. I did like that they had that video package with Onita, and mm-hmm. you know, last couple of weeks I mentioned him. I'm like, dude, like if you're curious about barbed wire exploding death match, I watched like, one the other Google day. Google Onita. Yeah, the, did you? What did you watch? Uh, it was Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk. I believe it was oh, that's circa one. It was like, like ninety five ish. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. it was fifteen Dude, minutes. I've watched that match like ten times. Like I love it so much. The uh, the the version I saw had uh, Nick or Nick Mick Foley uh, doing running commentary, which is really cool about it. So that way you can kind of get that inside perspective. The only thing I didn't like about it is that the ring was supposed to explode in like 10 minutes in or some nonsense. So at that Terry point, Funk was in the middle. Right. So it, instead of like, you know, the ring obviously wasn't going to explode, but it was like Roman candles on the outside. So that took away from it. it, it I mean, it wasn't as bad as I expected, but I, I think this was more like the introductory version for, you know, people like me that might be a little hesitant to even look at something like this. This is a nice introductory version of what could be. I think it's going to get ugly at certain points because it's just these these two jokers, and I think they want to really put it out there. But I got the sneaky suspicion it's probably going to be somewhere in the gray, leaning towards more explosions, less blood. Uh, After that, we had FTR versus Jurassic Express. Sean Spears reveals himself to be the cameraman. We also had J.J. Dillon and Tully Blanchard in this segment. So Sean Spears aligns himself with Tully Blanchard, FTR. Is there a chance that we're going to get a Four Horsemen style stable with FTR and Sean Spears? If not... We can go on to the next subject. If so, who would the fourth guy be? Ooh. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I've talked about this for a while. Um, I always thought it would be something where the Bucks and Omega are on the other side, which they are now. Um, the fourth person on the quote-unquote Four Horsemen side has to be somebody that we don't expect. And I know this might hurt Zach's feelings a little bit, but if you're going to do it, 
Hangman Page is the guy that I would say would be that quote unquote fourth guy. The sportation with the Dark Order is cool, but really nobody's getting over. Nobody's really benefiting. John Silver is already kind of a superstar on YouTube into itself. If you're going to do it, it's got to be, for me, there's got to be some splash impact. There's got to be some sort of swerve. It's got to be, you know, something that's going to shock people. J.J. Dillon coming out last night was a shock. Tully Blanchard doing, you know, uh, the sl- the slingshot suplex was kind of a shock. Not necessarily a huge shock, but a shock nonetheless. If you're going to do it, I say you do it big. It gives Dark Order some sort of direction moving forward it go it puts them in the face portion of the program because now they're baby faces again and they have a direction moving forward going against the 2021 four horsemen i'm going adam page if you're going to do it dude that rules and i'm not even mad because that's the right answer like if you're going to do it that's the way to do it and I really love this match. Like, really, everybody shined, and Tully Blanchard did more than I expected. And, I mean, the dude's 67 years old. Like, I did not expect much. I was actually kind of bummed out that he was in this match, right? <laughs> I was just like, oh, man. Like, AEW, they're already kind of pushing the limit for me. Um, and, you know, this is me as the quote-unquote quintessential AEW mark of the podcast. Like, they're pushing limit for me on, like, old guys, right? Especially when we get to the, the next thing where we're going to sign a potential Hall of Famer, right? Like, so I'm just, like, trepidatious about them signing old guys. And then they got Tully Blanchard wrestling. But it was total cool throwback. They came out wearing the old belt. Jim Crockett Jr. died that day. It was just, like, kind of, like, this whole, like, culmination of just, like, uh, respect for old-school wrestling, which is maybe one reason why I like AEW so much is just, like, they respect everything that came before them instead of ignoring it, instead of acting like they're the only game in town and we can't even mention other stuff. Like they embrace the history of wrestling and they don't shit on their legends. And that was cool to me. So I, I really liked it. Who do you think the surprise on Sunday is going to be? Oh, dude, that's the, that's the talk of the day, right? This is what I figured we were going to kind of either, you know, try to parse it out or, talk the most about or argue about and um dude there's just like so many so many options but also at the same time not so many because if you want to limit yourself to what paul white said which is like a a future hall of famer um the the wwe conditioned person in me thinks it's going to be some kind of swerve and it will be like a hall of fame person that's like not really a wrestler but like a commentator or something um but uh and with with him saying it's not you think that makes me think it's definitely not Sam Punk because I feel like that's what everybody would think. But uh, Big Show was was a delight. He was a total delight, right? Like he has a good personality. Like uh, you know, whenever he came out and he said, um, you know, like who expected this turn and shit. Like he, he was a he, yeah. he, he was a fun personality. Like so, I'm excited to watch Elevation. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I can't, like, put anybody, it's not Brock, right? Because I feel like WWE would just back the truck up, the money truck up, and just no, give him, like, what, whatever. I honestly, who I, do you think it is? 
I don't have a single person that I could think it like I do not know who it is at all. The, the big the big one people are saying is Christian because Christian is not under WWE contract. I mean, and the dude the dude looked amazing at the Royal Rumble. So. I was going to throw out a, a different uh, guess, and it wasn't Christian to begin with. It was I had a guest coming in, uh, Rob Van Dam. It, it kind of I mean, if you want to go with Hall of Fame worthy quote unquote kind of guys, uh, Rob Van Dam is not under contract either. It's an option that's not Brock. I didn't think Christian. I thought Christian was under contract with WWE. I could. I be mean, wrong. I thought Christian. I didn't think about Rob Van Dam. I thought Christian. Christian to me, to me, that's like Edge. That's like a guy that has a lot left on the table that he can still do. That doesn't seem like a nostalgia act that I would like to watch. In his AEW. impact run gives him credibility if you want I, to go that route. I always used to say I like Christian better than Edge. Um, in terms of the other one you said, who was it? Rob Van Dam. Oh, I've never been a Rob Van Dam guy. I mean, he's fine. I'm not, well, I feel like that won't like move. That won't move the needle for, for me. Now, if it's like he's too old for his move set, right? Like, and I don't think he's moving numbers. I wouldn't spend a lot of money on Rob Van Dam. Now, what and, if it's like? I like Rob. What if it's like Page? Which page are we She's referring to? Oh, oh, you, oh, the page, the woman. Um, yeah, she's yeah, under, WWE yeah, she's under WWE contract. Okay, that, that's the whole Twitch thing. What woman would we want to see? It could be Selena Vega. Uh, Selena Vega is the rumored nah, Hall of Fame worthy, right? Yeah, that's okay. Seems... That yeah, AJ Lee. Actually, hang on, hang on. Let's just stop. I, I, I'll save us a whole lot of grief because on the uh, the podcast where Tony Khan said it. It was somebody, it's a male who is a Hall of Fame-worthy person that is not going to be in the ladder match. Those were the clues. So, Bill would be excited about Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I would be excited about Kurt Angle if he traveled from the past and like, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we don't, well, I, 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 I don't think know. You, mean, you, mean got, you mean got back on pills? Yes, exactly, yeah. As a Kurt Angle mark, I'll say that I got my fill of him coming back. Like, I don't think that I need to see Kurt Angle wrestle anymore. Him wrestling in place of Roman Reigns as the Shield that one night, which was a really fun match. Come on, we talked about that night. It was a fun match. You liked it, Jason. Don't shake your head. You liked it. I'm not going to say say I didn't like it. It's just the optics of it was just not the same. It was just not the same. No, I get it. I, I'm a big... Here's the thing. Everybody wanted Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2 sucked dick. No, no, don't say everybody. Everybody wanted Super Troopers 2. Super no, Troopers 2 sucked dick. Everybody wanted the Godfather 3. Godfather no, 3 sucked dick. Be careful what, what you, you wish for, for motherfuckers. Especially like on a sequel. Yeah, I know. You're right about all of those things. Thank you. Um. So, speaking of... I'm glad you didn't say Wayne's World 2. No, I wouldn't. Even though they had a very strange, like, parody of the Doors movie throughout Wayne's World 2, which really, like, dominated a lot of it. Um, Anyway, speaking of guys that uh, should always come back and have never gotten tired, uh, we had a Sting and Darby (laughs) Allen. Dude, I don't... That's a, that's really funny. It, it is funny, but I tell you what, dude, Sting looks 
thing looks good, man. Those finger splashes, like he's he's moving fast. Like he's not like you know he's not like a sixty-year-old man doing it. Like that looks like Sting doing those finger splashes. Like yeah, it looks it like looks a fifty-six-year-old man doing it. <laughs> Stop. God damn it. I think you can pull it off. Like I'm excited about the street fight. No, we can judge it on the street fight instead of these segments. Yeah, and we do have these segments are a little tired. We have we have one every week, but they're just kind of making use of the whatever million dollar contract Sting's got. Okay, and, and that's I think that's part of the thing. It's not necessarily about Sting, even though Sting's kind of the focal point of this whole a few for lack of a better term to me this is more about the 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 storyline into itself is it's going to be about darby allen moving forward right now sting is the vocal the, the vocal point the focal point i'm still once again that segment just leads me to get pissed off about team taz all over again so you're gonna let fucking Ricky Stars get put in the fucking Scorpion Deathlock, and you guys come out one at a time, or Powerhouse Hobbs or Powerhouse Hobbs and fucking Hook come out, and next thing you know, here comes fucking Taz and you know Brian Cage. The Brian Cage thing, I get that. That's your receipt. But what's Taz's kid's name? Hook. He's heating up. It doesn't matter what his name is, really. At the end of the day. He shouldn't be coming out. Right. right. He shouldn't be coming out. You know, so they should be coming out in a fucking pack. The one time that they got the advantage in this whole build is when they jumped these jokers. So why would you do the same thing again? Logic, people. Come on. That's all I'm saying. I don't even need to have I don't have to talk about this segment, do I? I mean, if you want to jump on it, jump on it. No, I don't have to. Okay. Um so the main event was also this episode of Dynamite seemed to go in reverse because why wouldn't you sell the Shaq match to try to build up viewers throughout the time and then end on a on an Adam Page tag match, right? Yeah, they they very much front loaded it. It was kind of flip flopped. The first forty five like, minutes of this Dynamite were dare I say. Dynamite. That was, that was the main event. Yeah, yeah they were the great. And, I yeah. even like a death and, triangle squash match. You know? Yeah, they threw yeah. that in the middle just and, you know, to break things up. And it was good that, you know, they gave Max Caster, like, they see something Max Caster, so he's going to be in this, in this ladder match. Didn't see that um, coming. No, I, I didn't either. Um, so that's cool. You know, he's getting an opportunity. And, uh, but at the same time, that is not as exciting as everything that came before it. So it was totally like flip flop for sure. Like they were just front loading this thing, and that was a decision they made instead of building for the main event. They they had the shack as the opener. That why totally go, surprised me. Why go against Finn Balor and Roddy Strong if you don't have to? I don't necessarily have a problem. Yeah, with that. I mean they, guys, they went against the tag match. You guys sound like such AEW apologists. <laughs> what the fuck ever? Like they, did, they, they, never, they, they, they never they never do that. They don't. They you know what? They you know what, Zach? Zach, I expect it from you. You don't have to defend yourself. I'm looking at Jason right now. I just say they did it. I just say they did it. I didn't say it was good or bad. I just said that's what they did. You bought the shit up. I just agree with I, it, man. Hey, man, I'm just stirring the pot, man. I'm the host. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, of all people, I would like to think I'm the most 
neutral when it comes to AEW. We're like one hour, 54 minutes of this podcast. Yeah, dude, I'm just the host. I'm trying to keep everybody reeled in. Motherfuckers <laughs> jumping off the ship left to right. It's what? God damn. All right. You guys ready to do predictions? Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, that'll do it for our three count. Well, I mean, in our defense, there was a lot of fucking shit going there was, on. There was a lot of wrestling this week. There, I mean, there was a lot of wrestling. Yeah, yeah it, was a, and, it like, was a great wrestling like the week. The front part of April is going to be even more ridiculous. It might. I'm not arguing is, with that. I'm not like arguing a, about that. No, I'm not I'm saying I'm saying having it, a bad time. No, I'm just saying moving forward, just know it's going to get more and more ridiculous. You got to remind me about the wrestling schedule. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes I do. Mother, <laughs> watch, watch this, me is, this is the highlight of my week. It's the highlight of my week, and I still was like, "Oh man, we have like." I was like, not dreading the podcast, but I was like, "Oh man, like there's a lot." There is, yeah, <laughs> like, it was so much. My, no, I think we're gonna do it in pretty good time. But let's get to the predictions. Let's start off with a fun one. Uh, we have the Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle. The Inner Circle being. Jericho and MJF. Jason, I'll let you go first. It, I would love to pick MJF and Jericho because it would kind of lead to my golden prediction. I would still think we can still get there and have the Bucks win. So let's take the Bucks. It makes more sense for long-term purposes. I think there's a bigger picture going on, especially with partnerships with other promotions going on. Do you have inside information? Uh, I wouldn't say inside information, but um, what the, the fuck? The Dude, rumor you have to that, share it with us. The rumor that I'm hearing is look for a Gorillas of Destiny appearance on Impact sometime in the next couple weeks. Zach, who you got? Young Bucks or Jericho MJF Inner Circle? Uh, I got the Young Bucks just because that's the greater storyline, just like Jason said. Like, I don't know the exact tangibles, but I feel like Young Bucks versus uh, Good Brothers is the match that's the the big pay-per-view draw. Uh, So I feel like we got more time with the Young Bucks. I'm going to go Inner Circle because I think they they can change the belts on any other given dynamite and I feel like this story has a little bit more to cook so coming up next we have Shida versus Mitsunami Zach I'll let you go first Um, I think this is going to be Shida I think this is just about getting a credible challenger to Shida and I like the way they presented I already said how much I like the women's tournament um, Rio Mizunami is no spring chicken. I don't see her carrying this woman's brand. I think that Sheeta is still in that position. And uh, I am excited for the match, but I think she's going to be the one to take the belt. I'm going to take Sheeta also. Who do you have, Jason? Damn, how, Tubi, how old is uh, Rio? I mean, or not Rio, but. I don't know exactly how old she is, but I know that uh, like Excalibur had said a few times that she was on the verge of retiring before she, oh, yeah, she did yeah, the did say that. double say or nothing that. show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it kind of like lit a lit a fire under her ass, right. and she's no, like, "No, no. I still I still, still like still that." Got it. Okay. So, no, it yeah. doesn't change my pick. It was just 
I was just curious on that. I'm taking Sheeta as well. I think this was a scenario where it was more about introducing Newtown, especially on the Japanese side. Um, Sheeta, there's more for Sheeta to do. She's obviously now the longest reign AEW champion, male or female. It's going to take a little bit more uh, Brick Baker, Thunder Rosa, depending on what happens with the, uh, the NWA in play moving forward. But, yeah, I'll take Sheeta at, uh, on Sunday. Okay. Uh, we all took Sheeta. So, this had so many teams that I couldn't even write them all down. But it's the tag team, whatever match this is. I mean, it's going to be a shit Yeah, it's going to be a shit show. But it's Bear Country. I don't know who they are. Dark Order, Santino Ortiz, Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, Death Triangle, Hollywood Blondes, or sorry, the Varsity Blondes, the Sidal Brothers, SCU, the New Nightmares, and I think there's one more. Oh, there's a TBA. Jesus. So I thought I had I'm going to ask you to name them nine through one. No, I'm kidding. You're stoned. I'm not going to do that to no, you. No, I can do it. I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. You have to walk me Fuck through you. it. No, no I'm not doing it. it. No, I'm not doing it. Just tell me who you think is going to win. Or three teams you think could win. Uh, okay. Um, obviously, I got to put Santana Ortiz on this. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that they're the... Uh, the number one team or whatever the case may be, but I think they're a team that needs to be on the list. Um, Young Bucks, Young Bucks, Young Bucks. Um, hmm. Let's put uh, Death Triangle on that list. Um, I don't necessarily think that we're going to get... Kenny Omega and Pac right away even though we've teased it for a little bit that's not necessarily saying that Kenny Omega wins the the main event but I do like them as a team I don't think they just threw them out there and that squashed on Dynamite for no apparent reason so we'll put them as another team third team a third team Man, if I knew what, who this TBA team was, because that's how they do this shit. Is the TBA team or the person, especially in like the, the, the ladder matches they've done recently, is is that team that steals the show? Yeah, but we don't know the TBA team either. I know. That's what I'm saying. So just name a team. What's taking you so Private party. I'll, I'll go private party with the third okay. uh, pick. Um Santana Ortiz is my first pick. Yep. Uh, Private Party is the second. And then, uh, who did I say is the third? Death Triangle. Death Triangle. SCU might make sense, too, because they're, they're creeping up. I think they're the number two ranked team. Oh, you'll get four picks. You'll no, get I three said picks. It makes sense. All right. Zach, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go Death Triangle, number one. TBA number two. This motherfucker. And uh, Santana Ortiz number three. It's worked out for him. So Zach has picked TBA before and won a bunch of. I did that too, and I named it. 
Okay, I'm gonna go. Oh, no, no love for that one. No, I'm not giving you no love. Yeah, clearly. I'm gonna go Santino Ortiz as one. Yeah, you guys are right. There's only three. Like, Private Party third, and then I guess I'll go Death Triangle number two. Okay, so do you have Team Taz versus Darby Allen and Sting for absolutely nothing? They're fighting for absolutely nothing. Yeah, you just going to shit on it like that. They, they'll build to it. Just go take a little nice little dump on it. It's a shit feud with shit teams. Um, dude, this 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 is gonna be a good match. I'm really looking forward to it. Sting has had some really good offense in the past couple weeks, so uh, I'm going Sting and Darby Allen. Okay, the mark has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting ready to speak. Thank you very much. Do you, do you ever feel like we pick on Zach because he's not a little here? bit? I, I, because he's the much. only one not here. No, I, it's not his fault. He's no, not here. No, no, I think. It, when we make it big and we all go our separate ways and live in separate cities, we would still pick on Zach like you pick on me, like we pick on you. Nobody's a But I'd never feel like picking on Zach. I much feel like picking on you. But well, well, we're in fine. the same room, so we just ma- team up on Zach a little bit. No, no, no. I think you don't feel like it? No, hell no. Okay. No, there's, there's if times. If you do, it's justified. <laughs> there's times where I think I get picked on, too, and that's okay. Did you did you guys see my Instagram where I posted my mom brought me a Sting shirt? I did see my, that. My, from my childhood home. I did see that. Are you wearing that on it's Sunday? An extra large, it's an extra large, so I was a fat kid, so I got to wash it. But it's a it's a Wolfpack NWO red and white or red and black Sting shirt, and I love it. My oh, wife is going to hate it so much. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. How, how many days a week are you going to wear that? Three or four? Oh, dude, I'm going to wear it to work all the time. Like, I already play New Japan and, like, old school, like, NWA at work. And, like, me wearing the Sting shirt is just going to kill. I'm going to take Sting and Darby Allen as well. I, I just don't see a reason why you – I love Ricky Starks. But, I mean, I think if they were going to do Ricky Starks and Darby Allen, they would have already done it. Brian Cage already lost to Darby Allen. So, I mean, for this one, it, it kind of just – it doesn't make sense for Sting to come back and lose immediately. So, yeah, I'll take Darby and Sting. I am taking Team Taz for the, much the same reason I'm taking the Young Bucks versus Inner Circle just because I think they're going to make it last a little bit longer. Coming up next. Man, there is some – we have Miro and Kip Sabian versus Best Friends. Who do you got? Oh, you know what? I'll go first on this one. I'm going to go Miro and Sabian. If they, if those guys lose here, the booking is worse than I thought it was. You, well, well, hell, you think the booking is bad for this hate, or just I, in general? I hate, I hate to say it like this. No, I think he's saying that the booking is good, but if they lose, then it's than it's worse than he thought it was. No, no, no. He a grown man. Shit, let that man speak for himself. No, I'll let my I'll let my cousin in law speak for me. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> I just thought that you said like it's exemplary booking, and if they don't win, then it means less less than exemplary booking. Listen, and I you know what I love about Twitter. I love that Twitter thinks that. Half of them think that I'm really pro WWE, and half of them <laughs> think that I'm an AEW mark, and that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. 
All like I'm saying. 50 people. 50 people think one thing and 50 people think another. So you ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm on. <laughs> Let that man celebrate his 100 and be in peace, okay? You ain't supposed to do like that. I was like, wait, who's the. If that's the scenario, then who's like the. The vice president at that point, who who gives the deciding vote on anything that happens on Bill's Twitter account? Uh, Glenn Salsa. Ooh. Oh man, that's a Glenn Salsa shout out. <laughs> Haven't heard about Glenn Salsa in a while. <laughs> All right, come on, come on. Okay, I'm sorry. Get, get back on track. Okay, so I'll take me. I'll go next. I'll take Miro and Sabian too, just just for the simple fact that as much as I like. Uh, Orange Cassidy It's not really about him and Chucky T It's about Miro and Sabian As much as I don't like The, the storyline-ish Per se of Miro It's it's more about getting him on track It's more about making him the star That we want him to be Who you got Zach? Oh yeah that, that, that's what I was implying Sorry yeah I totally got Miro I, I like this promo a lot And he is a very handsome boy and I want him to do very well. And he's going to shine here in this match. It's going to be like, the whole thing is like the Miro show, in my opinion. That's what that's what the match should be, in my opinion. Agreed. All right, we got two more matches. One of them has a bunch of people. No, I'm sorry, three more matches. I was going to say. Page versus Hardy. I'll go first. I think Adam Page wins. I don't think they're going to ride this particular storyline out. What do you think, Jason? I think the opposite. I think this is going to go for a little bit. Um, As much as I like Adam Page being the the fourth horseman, quote-unquote, maybe this is a way to get to that point. I just – I don't think we do this for just – Adam Page to to make money. That's not Adam Page. This is more for Matt Hardy, more for his heel turn, more for his heel character. So I'm gonna take Matt Hardy. Who you taking, Zach? Uh, I gotta go Adam Page. Like he's on such a hot streak and he's such a great act. Um, I I don't see them getting heat here. I see them getting the baby face over. All right. So this last match, are there's. Two more matches, but this one's a six-man match involving Cody, Scorpio Sky, Penta, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and TBA. Zach, I'll let you go first. Uh, this is uh, tough. So we can we can talk about the TBA, but um, I think and. The- Remind me of the the candidates again. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, yeah, Penta, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and TBA. Okay, so we had the Scorpio Sky heel turn on Dynamite because he was definitely being a heel on commentary. Um, I am gonna go like. Number one with Kenta. Uh, I'm just pulling the trigger on the Forbidden Door, and I think that's a baller match, Darby Allen versus Kenta. Like Jesus Christ! Like if you're building to a match and you are trying to figure out what the best match is, so you're saying Kenta is going to be the TBA? 
Wasn't he in the match? No, Penta. Penta. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Jason, see, tell is... me. Jason, go with your picks. Zach, think about it for a second. <laughs> Shit. Okay, we'll just go with first things first. Uh, the TBA, in my opinion, is going to be Ethan Page from Impact. So let's just put that out there. But who are you saying is going to okay, be number so one? That's, that's going to be part of my... This is a very stone podcast at this six point. Through one? Are we going yeah. six through one? One through six, six through one. Anyway, okay, you want to go. Okay, so we're going to go Matt Caster at six. Obviously, okay. he's there to be there, not necessarily going to win. I'll go with Penta at five. I think that there's bigger things for Penta moving forward. All right. Um, Cody at four. Cody's here to be here. I think this is more for name value than anything else. I'm going right. to go with Lance Archer with three. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the big man in this bad boy, he could easily win it. But I think this is going to be him going more for uh, Kenny Omega or Moxley moving forward. You've got forward. Sky and TBA I left. I have Sky and TBA moving forward. Uh, I was going with Scorpio Sky until the uh, Dynamite show last night. Heel and feeling himself way too much. 50% of me is better than 100% of them. Is such a heel line, and that's why he's going to ultimately bite the dust. So you're taking, taking TBA? TBA. Do you want to say who TBA is going to be? I already said it. Ethan Page is TBA coming from Impact. He's been flirting with WWE. He's flirting with AEW. I think they're going to pull the trigger and have him come in and win the ladder match and face Darby Allen at a later point. Okay, I'll take Penta last. Just because he's too... Nah, just because. I'm going to take Caster second to last. I am going to take TBA for at least I can get some points. I'm going to take Cody three. I'm going to take Lance Archer two. I'm going to take Sky one. All right, Zach, uh, who you got? Cool. This makes more sense now because I couldn't believe that Kenta was going to be in this thing. So, uh, yes, I'll take Cody Rhodes six because I don't think this is Cody Rhodes' fight anymore. Uh, and then I will take Kenta five. You mean, take... Hire- you mean Hideo Nantami? <laughs> yeah, Hideo Nantami is five. Uh, I will take number four. As TBA, and I agree with Jason there. I think I think it will be Ethan Page because that seems to be the logical choice because they're going to have two big signings. One of them is this, and one of them is uh, you know the one we talked about before. Uh, number three, I'll take Max Caster. And interesting. Uh, number one, I'm going to take Scorpio Sky. Who's the other one that I have left? Archer. Archer, yeah. That, that makes sense because I was thinking about Archer, but then I thought Scorpio Sky had the content this Wednesday. So, yeah, that's actually perfect. Scorpio right. Sky 1, Archer 2. Yep. And then, last but certainly not least, the only match I really want to watch from this. This is the reason you This is the reason you would pay $50 for this picture. 
Yeah, Shit, Jason's man. making Damn. Jason's making a face. Like, <laughs> no, dude, that's this that's is the, the only match. match. This is the only match. If you could only watch one well, match from this at, from this pay per view, what would it be? I mean, it's going to be Omega versus Moxley. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah. damn, you know, fifty a, bucks. The yeah. money shot, right? The say, best. I'm about to see some motherfucking boy the blood. If I could go back, move. if I could go back in time and talk to you three years ago and be like, "Hey, man, it's going to be Omega versus Moxley on a pay per view main event." Of AEW, and you're gonna be like, "What's hey, AEW?" I'll be like, what you I'll tell, "You'll find out in a little bit. You You'll find out in a little bit. <laughs> Get pass it on over. What you smoke it? So you see this shit first. In the exploding barbed wire death match. How drunk are you? I'll go first. I'll go first. That'd be what I would say. I promise you that. I'm going KO. Obviously, I think Moxley's gonna go away for a little while after this. Uh, Jason, what do you got? I'm not saying he's going away for a while, but I will agree that Kenny Omega should win this match. Um, it just it makes too much sense for him not to win this match. It's going to be 30 minutes plus, I would guess. Um, I'm just hoping that both guys come out in one piece, ultimately. More so, obviously, John Moxley, but yeah, I'm taking Kenny Omega. He got that. Yeah, I've got the same. Like, it just makes sense. Like, uh, it's still going to be an exciting match. As excited as I am for the match, it seems like a boring pick because it just seems obvious. But uh, the match is going to rule. But Kenny Omega is going to win. Yes, and that is going to do it for our AEW, what's it called? Revolution? Yes, sir. Revolution pay-per-view. Very exciting stuff. Uh, We have some birthdays. Hold on. <laughs> you ready? We have some birthdays. This is bad from ringside. All right. Sarita. I don't know who that is. Uh, would be Impact. 42. Dalton Castle would be 35. Val Venus, one of the best names Hello, of all time. It would be 50. Mr. Kennedy would be 45. That's it. Bruce. Bruce Pritchard, brother Love, would be 58. Well, he is 58. He's running SmackDown. Wait. <laughs> uh, Tyler Bate. What? Wait, what'd you say? He's alive. You said he would be 58, but he is 58. He's alive. No, Bruce Pritchard died yesterday. We probably should have talked about that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you serious? Oh, Jesus. You didn't hear about that? Jim oh, Crackett, Jesus. Jim Crackett Jr. died, but Bruce Pritchard died? Yeah, Pritchard's... Yeah, he died. What the fuck? I had no idea. <laughs> no, I'm lying. Uh, Tyler Bate. <laughs> Tyler Bate is 24. Chad Gable is 35. Rick Steiner. He needs, he needs to be the TBA. Six years old. Jason's looking at me like, God damn, this <laughs> guy is stoned. I'm not even looking at you right now. <laughs> uh, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus is 36. Uh, can we just say about Luchasaurus, is, he is so slow, man. Dude. He's 65 million years old. <laughs> That's a really good point. How, you, how fast do you think you're going to be? Never yeah. thought about never thought about that way. <laughs> JoJo is 27. That's where the fiend is. Rabbit 
All right, for Jason, our four F and B eatery, check for Bill's Beard Company, check. for my wife Erin, check for my new little baby, for Reba the Rubinator Reber, for Vice, check for Two Beer Zach Pullman check. out there in Edwardsville, for Jason Cornelius Bell, bitches. I am Bill Veggie, aka the Jack Jackhammer. Everybody. Check. Tip your local bartenders, support your local weed dealers, and boo the heels.